Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope you're having a great day, staying safe, and enjoying this great fall weather. Today, I'm recording in Taylorsville, Kentucky, and we are continuing our conversation with Robbie Hodges. Episode number four, we're going to put together today. Today, we'll be talking about the NFR, his Facebook public service announcements, Go, oh boy. <laughs> go-kart racing in Michigan, and we're going to talk a little bit about his music career. Please welcome back yeah. to the show, Rockin' Robbie Hodges. How are you, Robbie? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm sitting down here. Uh, I'm about, oh, 10 minutes from uh, NASA right here. Houston, we have a problem, NASA. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, there. Uh, I'm actually staying in the Space Center RV park. Uh, we have a rodeo down here this weekend, and... Uh, uh, Largo Mar, it's called. It's a floating stage here in like a resort area, and got a pro rodeo here. PRCA rodeo starts uh, actually starts Friday, and so I came on down a day early. I've got a really good friend who is a rookie, and he actually made the bull riding this year at the NFR, Tristan Parker. Oh wow! So, mm-hmm. yep. And I was kind of my my best friend, Blue Jeans. He was very, very, very instrumental, and actually getting Tristan to start riding bulls again after he was in high school and stuff. And he, uh, kind of led the way for him and he made the NFR this year. So I'm playing his, uh, going away party. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. From the information I have on my RV spot, I'll be out there waiting on him. (laughs) We'll get into that in a minute. I heard you booked ahead. We'll talk about that. As you said, Hey, I've been, I've been, you know, that professional rodeo traveler. I am, you know, know everything. Well, you got to stand by that first word there. Professional, right? (laughs) Yeah, boy. (laughs) That and me a lot of times, you know, yeah, that, well, you know, Hey, I'm a pro. I'm good at whatever I do, whatever it is. (laughs) However bad it is, I'm good at it. Absolutely. I've been following you on Facebook. Yet again, I got to say you're very busy. Did I see you were down about six days ago uh, fishing down there in Port, what is it, Port St. Joe in Florida? Point, yep, Port St. Joe. Uh, I was actually doing the rodeo at Arcadia. Oh. Uh, and um, I've got a pretty good little deal with them. I do their fall run, and then I'll change over and do their big one in, in two years after mm-hmm. they get through with all the contracts. We just have a rotation down there. You know, it's always good to rotate clowns. You announcers can stay there for years, you know, but we have to kind of rotate it right. so you're not, you know, Carol Burnett's funny, but the 43rd time you've seen the <laughs> the elephant, sit, you know, yeah. skit that, yeah. you know, gets unfunny. But it's, uh, it's just great. And then um, my daughter was actually – over that way and she was running barrels at mariano at the old circle d and my brother was down fishing or so i drove up there uh dropped krista off in panama city she actually went fishing with us and i caught a monster trout out of there i don't know if you i i'm looking at it i mean this is ocean a, trout how how big yeah. is uh, three foot i mean how how long Come was on, it doug well, if I was standing at a bar talking to a pretty lady, that thing was at least four and a half feet long. You know, I mean, right. it was a, it was the Alabama World Championship record. Well, I would say, good but looking. No, fish. actually, it was about yeah, it was about thirty inches, twenty okay. twenty, okay. twenty two to thirty inches. Let's go with thirty. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, that's the first trout I ever caught in my life. I'll be done. And, and and I thought and I told my brother I said are they, are they all this no and he gets all mad but he was great he put me on the fish okay and, uh, was that the yeah, big I'm, one of the day that was the big one of the whole trip oh wow and uh, 
And according to some people, that was the biggest one of the of the uh, of the season. Oh wow, very nice. Okay. So, but I wouldn't. Hey, all I did was throw out that minnow out there. You know, it's up to them to bite. Did you, you know, have a bobber on? Did you have a bobber? No, 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 no. I was actually jig fishing. You know, <laughs> okay. pulling a little minnow jig across the grass. Yeah. And uh, and man, he hit it. And I thought I had a, as they say around where I live, old Jowls was hooked to it. Right. Right. Did you see my shark video? I did. I did. And I heard you doing the, the, the Jaws theme behind it. So very well ba, ba, done ba, ba, there. Ba, yeah, Jaws. That's what we call it. Oh, Jaws was out there. But, uh, yeah, and the funny thing about it, uh, my brother and Krista was, like I said, she was there. And we had found some old Indian relics, stuff, some pottery and stuff where they, they lived on that island, you know, out on that peninsula. And every once in a while you'll see it and they'll have like a uh, – you know, like if the water comes in there, it'll wash up some old pottery and stuff. And mm. they had to walk through the water about 50 feet from where that shark was. And me and my buddy Bedford, we didn't go because I didn't care nothing about all that. And I'm sitting there watching that shark, and I'm thinking, well, they've got to come back through here. Should we tell them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we waited and showed them the video after they got Af- back. They- after. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Krista kind of got the big eye. <laughs> Did she? Not in a good way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what a what a great trip. You know, you, yeah. like I was telling you earlier, a couple of other episodes, you got to have a good time doing this, man. You'll you'll unfun yourself right out of this game. So uh, I've never mm. been guilty of not having a good time. Yep, yep, yep. No, and that's perfect. You're taking the time. You're getting out. You're fishing. Um, yeah, and I got to see my daughter. You know, that was the absolutely. main thing. I went over and watched her. Didn't have to do anything. Met. And 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 I'd kind of come back to the days when I first started. It was a uh, it was a PCA IPRA okay. section rodeo. So I got to see some of my old buddies, the Drydens, and you know, and there was a new kid clown in there, and you know, and I got to, you know, and he was asking for pointers and stuff. I said, "You're so good, I'm fixing to steal some stuff from you." You know, <laughs> yeah. Why not encourage the kids? Yeah, you know, absolutely. he's super good guy too. Uh, actually, uh, it was Richie Collins. Remember Richie Collins used to fight bulls. It was his son. Okay. Oh wow! And really good hand. Yep. Yeah, and it, it just I was I was very impressed with him. He's new and fresh and aggressive, and you know, and and it's a lot easier to slow a guy down. You know that you being in the racing business, you can sure slow a guy down, but you can't speed one up. But That's right. That's this, right. This kid, his timing was great, and I just I enjoyed sitting there watching. He had some funny stuff. So uh, well, it's, it's encouraging to see some young kids coming up, you know. Yeah, for sure. And and speaking of young kids, how how'd Carly do? How'd she how'd she turn barrels? Well, her horse is hurt, and oh. uh, so she's training on some. She she has about eight or nine out horses. I'm so proud of oh, you know wow. the best part of my deal. And I was going to bring this up. <coughs> Excuse me, it's a little polony here, mm-hmm. but uh, the um, I've got. Reed, my oldest, you know, the one mm-hmm. with the heart stuff when yep. back in the day when I, when I finally quit riding barrack courses, he is actually a, uh, he's a assistant uh, producer for a, a radio station there in Fairhope. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Carly is, like I said, she's doing great. She's running barrels and, and then she's training people's horses for them. And oh, man, nice. she is doing great. Ain't none of them ever cost me much. Mm-hmm. And then Blake, uh, He's my youngest. He just, I went, I got to go up and see him for a few days while I was at Port St. Joe. He's up at Troy University. Okay. And he's a friend, and he just got in a fraternity farmhouse. And oh, he wow. is so excited. Yep. And mm-hmm. what's he thinking of studying, Robbie? Uh, he's going to be a history teacher and a baseball coach, we what? think. So. Neat. Neat. Excellent. Right now, not right now, he thinks he is Romeo. Of you course, know. of course, right? Takes after his yeah. dad. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, he uh, he's he's uh, 
he's doing great. I yeah. asked him about school. Yeah. I said, hey, bud, how's school going? Well, you know, this fraternity, I'm what about the stuff I'm paying for? <laughs> yeah. He said, settle down, Dad. This is this uh, fraternity has won the uh, Dean's Cup for highest GPA for a fraternity for oh, nice. many years. And nice. They're planning on keeping it, so they oh, stay on cool. me. I said, well, well, you bet. Good. So, good. Yep, he paid for that, too. He's... My kids have been super, you know, they, they've been great and they've endured not, not a dad enough, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the, the best part of that is Lynn and I get along great. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. what we had, we decided not to ever cause, you know, the children to suffer from it. Sure. And, sure. and, you know, we're friends. Heck, I go down there. She said, quit staying at the RV park when you come here, stay on the ranch and teach these boys how to run a tractor, you there know, you and go. do stuff. There you and, go. Yeah. Carly, so you know, and I keep her trucks running when I'm down there, and her car. And hmm. We just, if I go take the kids to supper, I take her with me, you know. And, Very nice, you bet. You know, I'm at the. I don't want to say the twilight because I'm having more fun than I ever had in my life, but I'm at a I'm at a pretty good spot, Doug. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm seeing, I'm seeing the end a little bit, and probably eight eight more years, you know, okay. eight or okay. ten. Okay. When I'm ineffective working the barrel. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. uh I'm just, uh, I'm in a good spot right now, man. I'm, I'm not taking the chances I did. And the old, you know, the old guy gets taken care of pretty good. And, and, uh, it's not a bad deal. You know, I guess you can say I've earned it. I haven't or whatever, but that's where I'm at. You know, mm -hmm. no, got a great and, girlfriend and, mm -hmm. and, you know, she loves my kids. Everybody gets along. And, you know, I got to tell you a little story about her. It'd probably be about as good a time as any. Um, how I met Krista, yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah. I kind of did, I brought it up some, but some of these stories, we've had so many segments of this. <laughs> I hope I'm not repeating myself. So if I am, yeah. tell me, but okay. uh, did I, did I tell you about the first time I met Krista? It had to do with bullet, right? Bullet, bullet was yes. the attractor, right? It, it really was. And then she, uh, I told you about the first rodeo she goes to, and I don't think then, so. I don't. Okay, I don't well, know that I met her fairly early on in 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 yeah. uh, your relationship, right? We'll yeah. talk about well, that in a bit when you came to Louisville, Kentucky, to the Great Lakes Circuit Finals, right? That's where she. Yeah, that's where. Uh, that's where that was her first rodeo oh she goodness. ever went to. Oh my goodness! Okay. Well, the first one she ever went to is where we met, right? And, you know, to recap a little bit. We met and. And uh, we kind of phone dated there for a while because she's in San Diego's where she lives outside of there in a little town called Poway, mm -hmm. uh, rodeo town there. And mm -hmm. she was volunteering up in the, in the, uh, like the VIP section. I ran up there as 107 to get me a, an ice cold ice water. Let's just say Doug. Yeah. And, uh, and she was in there and then that night when I met her. So, you know, I said, Hey, you're really cute. You want to be my girlfriend? And she's like, well, yeah, we'll try this for a while. So, uh, <laughs> I, mean, so the, I mean, what other pickup line is there, right? I, I'm telling you, well, I've got a few, but they <laughs> probably shouldn't say, but, uh, anyway, she, uh, so we, we teledated, I guess you would call it. Teledated. And then I, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, the first rodeo I invited her to was out to the Great Lakes Circuit Falls over mm -hmm. by you. Mm -hmm. She flew out. I picked yep. her up. She brought a friend in case I was a serial killer. Right. She found out that was the easy part was the serial killing part. <laughs> you know. <it's> the, <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> as you know, that's a great rodeo. I mean, mm -hmm. that is that is a big deal there. And uh, so she's like, hmm, might have found a catch here. Mm-hmm. Well, the next rodeo she goes to, I found out I've got the Dang Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Oh, wow. you know? That was number two. 
That was her. Well, that'd be uh, not counting the one I met her at. That was the second rodeo yeah, she ever right, went to. Right, right, right. Well, you know how they treat you there. Is that? Yeah. So she was just. Wow, I've got me a baseball player. <laughs> well, in January, she, yes, and then about January the nineteenth of that next year, we're at uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, and she is taking a shower in one of them gymnasium showers where you have to push the button, right. and it goes on and off like a jailhouse shower. <laughs> and you know, you push the button, it'll stay on about a minute, and it's cold. And I said, "Honey, this is really the way rodeo is. It's not all that." <laughs> That, that bougie that you saw, you know, the last two. And yeah. She's hung in there like a that's hair in a biscuit cool. now. Well, that's pretty yep, good. We and, and you can't forget mm -hmm. one of your best attributes was Bullet. Oh, Bullet's one that found her. She said, yeah. can I pet your dog? I yeah. said, will you be my girlfriend? And yeah. there it was. There it was. So, uh, so she hung around. Bullet was with you all the way through yeah. that. 13 years of, of this. You know, know. She, she worked. And my gosh, I would never... After 17 concussions, you see those commercials about the guy leaving his keys in the refrigerator? Yeah. That's me. And uh, <laughs> she she really, from a long distance away, she's she's got a few more years, and she's looking to get out of there. Okay. You know, California is a fun place to visit, but it's a little hard living. You bet. And um, so she's looking, and I'm going to let her be in charge of bad clown merch. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as I'm her boss, she's my boss. Don't let her fool you, but. Everybody, I've never met anybody in this rodeo business that didn't like two things about me, and it sure as heck wasn't me. Right. It was Krista and Bullet. And Bullet. Everybody, yep, yeah. Bullet and Krista have gotten me more rodeos than anybody in the world. Where's that pretty girlfriend, you know? Now, you say, <laughs> where's that pretty girlfriend and that dog? You yeah, know? But yeah. I'll never forget, at Sydney, Iowa, a couple of years ago, I was out there working, and Bullet was, this is a story I forgot to tell the other day. <laughs> we were at Sydney, and Cody Webster, you know, my opinion, the, mm -hmm. you know, him and Bullfighter, Dusty Tutmus are the greatest I've ever seen, you know, mm -hmm. what a pleasure it is when we're working it. He comes out there during the, uh, like, I guess is the first event that I'm out there after the bareback riding. He says, uh, Robbie, we got a little problem. Mm -hmm. And he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, we've lost bullet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, we can't find him. I thought, oh, shit, I thought he was dead. Right, <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Right. Lost can mean two things. Yeah. Pardon, pardon my French, but it scared the crap out of me. So yeah. I was like, what? You know, how am yeah. I going to carry on here? Yeah. And he says, uh, we can't find him. And, and Krista's in there, and she's crying. Oh, no. And I said, because she, she, he's been gone a while. And I, she said, she was scared to come tell you. And I said, well, it ain't her fault. That dog, you know, he's going to go have a call. I said, he's somewhere. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So I got the audience. I said, most of y'all know I've got the coolest dog. He was laying out here in the grand entry the other night, and, he, and the grand entry had to go around him. <laughs> I think I'll send you that picture. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, so I said, uh, <laughs> on the count of three, I need everybody to holler like I used to do when I couldn't. But remember when I used to come out of the trailer when I say, Bullet! Remember that? Doug? I do. I do. Yeah. And about a minute later, when he decided it was his time to come on back on his time, he'd mosey back on over there. So, yeah. I got every, I got 6,000 people. This place yeah. was packed. Yeah. It's Friday night. He says, I said, on the count of three, y'all holler my dog's name. Well, hell, half of them knew it. But anyway, they go, one, two, three. You know, this yeah, place. Yeah. yeah. About two minutes later, here comes Webster out there, and he goes, oh, yeah, now he's shaking it. 
I said, where was he? Oh, he's, he's, he's in the beer stand. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Laying, laying in the beer fridge. They had yeah. one of them uh, plastic doors on it, you know, so you didn't have to open a door every time. Yeah. He was laying in there, bellied up to one of them kegs, nice. laid up there asleep. Staying cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen was mad at him for an hour or two. But, okay. But anyway, yeah, uh, but he was in no beer stand. He would drink that old beer. He had a chicken friend. You know, I used to do that chicken outer space. Right, huh? right. And he had that chicken as a friend, Steve. Every chicken I've ever had was named Steve. Right. This was We were talking about this today. He, uh, <laughs> one time we were at Los Fresnos, Texas. And I'll never forget this. It come the worst ice storm I've ever seen. And the next day it was 70 degrees, right, you know. right. Ice was on everything about an inch thick. So we're all sitting kind of over there in front of one of these uh, infrared heaters, you know, that I bought that goes on top of a gas bottle. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting out there on the patio. I didn't have the upright patio like I have now. I had just one of those carpet things. Well, Bullet's out there laying on one of them. And uh, his chicken's laying right beside him. He and that chicken got along great. <laughs> well, I might or might not have had a glass of Pendleton sitting beside me. Yeah. Pendleton whiskey. Yeah. Well, that stupid chicken gets up and flaps his wings, turns that chi that, that bottle of whiskey over. Oh. I mean, that cup of whiskey water over. Oh. So I look down, and that chicken and bullet are both drinking that. Really? Whiskey? That, that Pendleton whiskey. Okay, okay. Well, that bullet just rolls over on his whole side. He's out. You he's know, he's done. having time. Right well, the chicken is a rooster. Yeah. And I guess I'm glad I didn't take that chicken to too many bars because when he got drunk, he liked to fight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, you know, that one yeah. guy that's cool as hell that yeah. you want to be around all the time until he gets drunk. Yeah. So this chicken <laughs> bullets laying over there and he, and he hears the chicken get up and his chicken's going, Burr. he's all mad. He reaches over and just takes the crap out of bullet oh. and bullets like, bullets like, what the hell did you do that for? So he walks over to this heater and it was it was that silver around it, and mm -hmm. he sees himself. The chicken, the rooster. Yeah. Okay. The rooster yeah, sees. Yeah. Oh no. A rooster. Oh, no. In the mirror. Oh no. In the mirrored thing around that on the around infrared heat, mm -hmm. and he jumps up there to flog it, and what he does, just just say it smelled like burnt feathers oh, for my. a little while. Oh my. It got him. I mean, it because it flew up. It got its tail on fire, and I'm out oh, there geez. stomping this chicken out, but it didn't hurt it. It just. No. It just, I had to put it inside. It got a little cold that night again, and it burned about half the feathers off and burned its little beak. He did it twice before I could get over it. Burned oh its foot. Oh, my. Yeah, so whatever y'all do out there in America, do not get your chicken drunk. That's right. And then That's right. around a fire with a with a mirrored back on it. Because he got and bullet, you can see him over snickering. You know, I'll teach you to peck me. <laughs> oh my! I had never so heard that it, one before, Robbie. Yeah, and yeah. then it, so, do you remember? Um, I used to haul my little cousins with me, John mm -hmm. Orball yeah. and yeah. Matthew. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, Jonathan, Jonathan had gotten. Uh, I think he was fixing to join the army. I ruined him. Um, um, he traveled with me about two years and he said i need something a little easier so we joined the army joined the army yeah <laughs> joined the army did great yeah. uh made it up to staff sergeant motor nice. pool sergeant nice so uh so i'm over there one day and i had left steve with him because i was flying to some gigs mm -hmm. and it 
a few de- a few weeks turned into about two months. Well, my Uncle John's show had a chicken house, okay? And that's mm-hmm. where I'd go over and get the chickens I'd use nice. to send my chicken into outer space, you know, mm-hmm. save one of them's life and let him live on the road yeah. instead of being, you know, yeah. a Sunday dinner. Right. So, you know, they, they say they don't, but it, they give them chickens steroids because they only live about six weeks, you know. Right, right. And off of their heads, and, yeah. you know, the whole, I ain't going to get into that, but, yeah. you know, so they're humanely harvested. Is that the word? Yeah, I would. Well, okay. They're you harvested. Like that? You bet. Yeah. yeah. You bet. So this chicken lives for about eight months. Okay. Oh, wow. So I called Jonathan. I said, uh, Jonathan lived down the road from me, and I was leaving to go to a rodeo, and I need to do that act. In fact, I was going to Talladega to the, uh, one of the cowboy tour things, mm-hmm. I think. And I said, hey, Jonathan, mm-hmm. I said, I need my chicken back. I need Steve back. And he just laughed. He said, have you seen that chicken? I said, no. And he said, uh, come down here and get him. I said, all yeah. right. Doug, I was about 200 foot from that chicken. Yeah. And that thing where all them steroids had blown up and it was as big as a beach ball with wings and it was really? sitting down there on a on a stump with a tattoo smoking a cigarette <laughs> oh it was not My it was a he's, he's really a, badass yeah. chicken you know because yeah. he'd been on steroids he looked like hollywood like don that. yates standing there and, and i said well, jonathan run on down here and get that chicken he said to hell with you i ain't going to get that chicken you gonna go get it every time we get through the near that thing it'd blow up i oh, said you yeah. know what i think i'm just gonna go over and get uncle john give me the well oh, he, no. i reckon he yeah he roided out and had a heart attack and died so oh, I, I went and got another but that thing i said is that him standing on a stump and he said he ain't standing on no damn stump <laughs> i said you run on down there and get him i ain't touching that dang thing so he got to stay in the woods okay he had a dead coyote he was eating i think he had killed oh wow something. wow yeah, yeah he was like booster rooster yeah he did <laughs> yes <laughs> So that was the end of Steve, and he wouldn't have fit in the mailbox anyway. You know, I hold him in. But <laughs> stupid stories by Robbie. Oh, lots, so, of, lots of them. Um, I guess you saw my. Uh, I guess you saw my public service announcement. I, I did. The other day. Um, I've got you pulled up right here on my screen. Um, yes, I, it caught my attention. The one I think you posted it yesterday or the day before, and is from a year ago. Yeah, and I reposted like, it. Doggone, this is really good. Now, for those that are listening, if you haven't been to Robbie's Facebook page, uh, I, I put his Facebook address in into our listener notes. so You can find it there. Right. But it's a PSA. It's a public service announcement um, really trying to inform the public of what it's like to drive a big rig. Yeah, you know, I'm 64 foot of rolling death here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and destruction, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm you know and I'm one and one bad driver from blocking, you know all a, all a, four a, lanes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Now and I hadn't heard this concept before, but I really, really, really liked it. When you were talking about merging, right? You're yes. sometimes you can move over, sometimes you can't, but you know, if we just flow, you used what was called the zipper concept. Effect. The zipper concept, so zipper effect. That. Yeah, what do you All yeah. right. Okay, well, when people get on the entrance ramps at interstates, okay, mm-hmm. I most of the, well, we stay in the right lane just because, you, you know, I mean, I run 72 miles an hour okay. wherever I go on the interstate and everything. That's that's the prime for these old new Ram trucks, you know. I mean, set, 
if I'm in a hurry, I might run. I look up, you know, if I bump it up to 75, if I'm out and there's no wind or anything. And it's where you're, that's your sweet spot on these trucks. Mm -hmm. So I was running along there, you know, and then I, that way I can, you know, I'm, I'm at a speed I can stop this thing. Cause, you know, like I said, this big 45 foot, you know, toy hauler is, it ain't the go in it where he's yet to stop it. Right. You know, and these trucks are great. And I've had 10 of them. I have a great deal with Ram and, mm-hmm. and, uh, so when people get on the interstate, they just assume that, well, I'm coming down the interstate. I own it now, and you're going to get over. Right. Well, they may not see that there's a Hugo beside me. Right. You know, right. or a, a smart car or even a semi, you know, because you can't tell when you, you know, when you come up to me. So they just look at you. Mm-hmm. Either speed up and get the hell in front of me and fall into the zipper that way. Right. Or behind me. Right. Blend in. Blend in. Uh, if they wanted us to, there would be a stop sign or a right. red light at every interstate right. merge, okay, right. at right. every entrance ramp. There's not, Doug. Yeah. So people, and, and like I said on it, when you're looking at me and you've been a quarter of a mile down the emergency <laughs> lane running through the rumble right. strips right. looking at me confused, that's not good. No. <clears throat> and uh, maybe again, adjust sorry, a little I'm, bit, right? Maybe adjust yeah, either a little bit. Gas that sucker up yep. like Ross Chastain. Yeah. Or or <laughs> back up. off a little yeah, absolutely. bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And get behind me. I'll let you do what you want once you get in my lane. Yeah. But I'm not required to get over. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a courtesy. And when I can, I'm always I see you. You bet. Hell, I've drove up on you. But if <laughs> right. I can't get over, I'm not gonna I'm not going to change my pace because somebody will run over me. Right. You figure it out. Whatever right. you want to do. Right. right. Well, and that's why I always, and another thing that really, and this will be my next uh, yeah. one, is there is a reason that 64 foot of rolling death, I weighed this thing the other day. Yeah. And since I'm a camper, I'll tell you, it's 31,000. Holy cow. That's a lot of rolling weight. Yeah, it's. It is, and it's not a Mercedes. Right. Okay, when I've got a full load of fuel on the truck, and yep. I've got, you know, water and whatever, I'm 31,000. I waited till the other day. Wow. But I'm not commercial, because mm-hmm. so, I live in this thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going down the road, I'm not a Mercedes. I don't have Dem Bestie brakes on, or Bilbro brakes, Bimbro right. brakes. Right. I have regular brakes, and sometimes the trailer brakes work, and sometimes they don't. Right. That's why I leave about a hundred and fifty or two hundred yep. foot gap yep. in between me. Yep. When you think you have to get in front of me, it cuts that that kill zone yep. in half. Yeah. There's yep. no way that I can stop. And right. people think, oh my God, it is a camper trailer. You have to get in front of it. You yep. know exactly how you drove one for how long, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, no, I get it. D- don't get in my kill zone. And when you merge over, I can back off a little bit and make a new kill zone, you know. But that's what we call it. It's a kill zone. Because if you slam or if the guy in front of you slams on his right, I'm going to hit you and I'm going to smush you into the other one and your DRT. You know what DRT is? No. Dead right there. <laughs> Dead right there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm with you. I'm so excited to see this. Um episode gonna, two yeah. just came out yesterday. Right? And on it was Facebook. called Yes. Etiquette not, at the fuel pump. Yeah. And look, and I'm not griping at the people that don't 
because 99% of the fuel pumps you come to have gas and diesel on them, okay? Mm -hmm. That's our problem. Mm -hmm. You don't know. It's not up to you. It's just like merging. It's not up to you to decide, hey, somebody may come, you know, and want diesel fuel. Here I am blocking the pump. Right. Okay? Right. I'd rather you not take them two outside ones at the quick trip. Though. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because that's, yeah. that's, that's the only place we can get. And that's, you know, and some people don't. That's fine. But what bothers me, Doug, is the other yesterday I was sitting there and a guy there was only there's only one island and you know a Bucky's has three hundred pumps. Right. They keep it way out from everybody. The last one over there is for you know, diesels and camper trucks and it has death on the pumps. Mm -hmm. None of the other ones do. There's mm -hmm. two hundred and eighty pumps there. Mm -hmm. All of them have diesel. Okay. Mm -hmm. This guy may have been getting deaf. I don't know what he's doing, but he blocked the entire thing for like ten minutes. And he's just sitting there. Yep. Yep. If, when you get your diesel <coughs> and you're at those pumps, mm -hmm. get the hell out of the way. Go right. pull up. Well, if you, you know, if you if you fuel up at a Flying J or a Loves or a Pilot, yeah. you and I'm talking the truck lanes now, right? The semi mm -hmm. lanes. After you get your fuel, you do roll up. So if you got to go you inside roll and pay, up. you bet. You get out of yeah, their it'll way. Save you, you bet. It'll save you some ankle injuries exactly. drive up to the damn thing right this guy sat there for no less than 15 minutes what i do i click it on i've got a hundred gallon tank i click it on i know how long it takes it went there got me a biscuit came back out mm -hmm. i thought well he'll be moved then you know mm -hmm. and uh nope he sat right there and i just looked at him so i get through pumping my fuel i didn't even get deaf i said aggravated i didn't feel my you know i have a 50 gallon on these new rams and i didn't fill it up i was aggravated and he just sits there, and I'm trying to move. And, I mean, I did sit down on that horn and honked at him for, I mean, like a honk. <laughs> right. The angry honk. Yeah. You yeah. know, where you really fold your wrist over and hit it hard. Yeah. You honk so much, you turn your windshield wipers on. You bet. You bet. And then he does a button hook and goes over on the other side. Oh, my. He had something going there. on, right? He had something going on. Uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Good gosh. Yeah. Don't go shop. No, that's so that for was sure. my. That's for sure. And then the other informative thing is, don't buy diesel where they're pumping, where they're dumping diesel I heard fuel that. in. I heard that. I hadn't. I I don't believe I'd heard that before. So I really appreciate that. Sounds like when they when they're refilling the tanks, you're gonna you're gonna stir up all the all the silt and well, everything. Well, they use a, a four in, a four inch dump line. Mm -hmm. It looks like a sewer hose, mm -hmm. and they run it down in that tank. Well, it ain't hooked to nothing. It just goes in there, okay? And they crank this, and they pump it out of there. I mean, you got, you know, 5,000 gallons on that truck of diesel, and they push it in that tank. Well, all that settled al algae and that mud and dirt, whatever's washed in there, you know, and water and everything else goes to, it settles. Mm -hmm. That's why, if you'll notice, on them tanks, the the what we call the draw line doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the tank. I see. Okay. Yep. 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 So it lets but all that they, stuff settle out. Sure. Yeah. So when they do that, it stirs all that algae up when they drop up, you know, four inches of diesel pouring in there. And mm. I mean, I've had it happen okay. where, I mean, I made it about 10 miles and my filters were just oh, clogged my. up. Okay. Okay. So especially if they don't have a good filter system on their pumps in some places they don't, you know, right. So that's just another pump, but that's what I'm going to start doing, I think, is driving public service I, announcements. I, I like it, and I've got about three or four more topics around driving big rigs, 
If you want me to well, give, I'll send them to I you. I would but love I, them. You, you got to have this. I see it's only a 10-part series that you're talking yep. about here. You well, only got I just, two I just threw that out, out there. I, I I'll probably it. do. I'll do another one every week or so, you yeah. know, just a reminder. And, yeah, if you've got any ideas and you want me to – if you've got some ideas on what people do and y'all want me to bring them out to the general public of non-driving Houston area, Dallas people, yep. Atlanta yep. that don't – yeah. For sure, for sure. No, I I've got a bunch of them. I'll uh, we'll talk about that after after the show, maybe. Okay. Okay. All right. Yep, I so, would love that. So let's shift gears. I mean, literally, <laughs> let's shift gears. Let's go racing. I'm sorry, I'm coughing the whole time. I'm well, I'm out here. It's that time I got of the pollen. year. Yeah. I guess it is. I thought that was the spring. No, no, it comes in the fall too. You know, um, we talked. I was down to the F1 race in Austin. Oh, you went down there? How I was did. that? Oh, I loved it. Had a great time. Me and 430,000 of my best friends were there. Wow. You know, over the three-day period. 430,000. Over, over three days, you know, running total. I think there was 180,000 there, they said, on Sunday. Uh, Good got, Lord. But got to see, I mean, what a beautiful track. Just a neat track. Great facility. Went with some great guys. Just had Just had a lot of fun. But coming back. I got a cold too, Robbie. Okay. You did? I okay. Did. A little bit of sinus, a little bit of sore throat, a little bit of coughing and that sort of thing. Feeling much better right. now. Been taking care of now things. I ain't going to get to dang COVID here talking on this microphone well, to you, am I? I am wearing a face mask right now, even though I'm the only one too, here in the Doug. studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing one. Okay. I even, yeah, I'm sitting out here by myself. Yes. Ain't nobody for for a square a square mile and i'm out here with my mask that's, on just that's, in case. that's absolutely perfect so speaking of racing i have t i have teased this out and several on on all the pre three previous episodes talking about racing go-karts in lansing no, michigan don't even start about that Doug. so so let me set this up okay one day oh, we're, gosh. We're, we were doing a rodeo in pennsylvania and a buddy of mine are traveling home and i said to him i looked at him i said you know if i wasn't announcing rodeos i believe i'd be racing i'd be racing he goes what keeps you from doing it now and i'm like well just money and he said well maybe you ought to check out this goat cart stuff there's a neat old track been up there since the 60s up in east lansing michigan it's called the east lansing oh, yeah. cart track um, what was I doing? Do you remember? I was I doing a rodeo do. by there. You were in Charlotte, Michigan. Yeah, for for fuzzy. Yeah, absolutely. It was Labor Day. It was right? on Labor Day. Labor yep, Day. Yep. Okay. And that would have been 2000. I just left NASCAR, so it was probably 2007, probably. I'm going to say. I would say so. Now... Um, and I had my friends with me, uh, remember the computer folks, uh, Hems and Garrett, John Hems and Hems and Hans or uh, Garrett, John. Yeah. Okay. From Diesel, the, the computer company out of the Netherlands, they had never been to a rodeo. They were visiting. We'd been over in Benton Harbor, Michigan, doing work for two, three days. And I said, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to right. Charlotte, Michigan. You're going to meet Robbie Hodges. Oh, boy. Do you remember meeting remember these guys? Clear as a bell, I do. They were so cool. Yeah. And what did you, do you remember what you said to them right off the bat? What does Uten Gleeten Glauben Glopen mean? <laughs> no. You oh. said you can tell the Dutch, you just can't tell them very much, you said. Oh, is that? Well, yes. Yes, that's exactly. You can tell the Dutch, but you just can't tell them much. So, so. I did. 
I said, okay, rodeo on a Friday night. Rodeo on a Friday night. We got an opportunity open track practice at East Lansing Cart Track in Lansing, Michigan. I've got oh, a little yeah. leopard-powered 125cc water-cooled goat cart. And if you remember, Garrett John was quite the racer. Uh, yes, he okay. was a... He should, yeah. Ariel Senna comes to mind. Ariton, <laughs> Ariton Senna, absolutely. Comes, and comes and so we take him. You come. Guy. His brother comes. We all go to the track. We put him in it, and instantly out of the box, he's fast, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shut up, Doug. You know he's fast. You were all excited. I think you had a driver's suit on. You had racing shoes. You'd brought your own helmet. Um, you had driving well, gloves. You were all decked out. You said, I'm going to show you road course racing on asphalt. It's what you said. I'm going to show you. Well, pretty much. I said, <laughs> this hillbilly SOB is going to show you the short way around this damn mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and get out your stopwatch. That's right. That's right. About seven minutes later, I said, Doug, yeah. go ahead and get out the wrecker. <laughs> was there? I never made the first damn turn. Remember? I, I was, yeah. There's what, 12 turns, 13 turns on this track. And I just got to ask, I don't remember, I don't have video, none of that. Was there ever a turn where you didn't spin? No, I drove it <laughs> off in there and I was just going to sail her off in there, you know, and just... And heat the old uh, right rear up, you know, yeah. let it just fold right over and maybe pick that left rear up, show y'all, show y'all <laughs> city slickers how this redneck does it on the dirt track. I never made a corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did after Hans and them had to come out there and, uh, you know, after they came out and he, he put and, a lot uh, of pressure on us, didn't he? He was, he was a good yeah. racer. Yeah. Now let me, you know, so about. The thirteenth time that y'all had to come over in the tires and get me out of it, I said, "Hans, can you show me the short way around this damn?" That's right. That's right. I was remember. his name Hans? What was his name? Well, one one was Hems. They were brothers. Hems, they not Hans. Hems. Okay. And Garrett John. Garrett John was the one that That's jumped right. in the cart and was Hems. Fast. Hems. Okay, Garrett John. Yeah, Hems. Hems and hers is what I called. <laughs> That's probably right. And I'm going to show your sister how to get around this thing. That's exactly I? right. Dude, you had it. Man. I'm a dirt Doug, track racer from Georgia, you said. Yeah, watch this right here, boys. Y'all sit there. Sit down in that chair right there. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> That's right. And then, bring, and then bring the tractor over to put the tires all back up. God. Mm -hmm. I, I showed know you the short way around it. I showed you the short way around it through the grass, through two tire barriers, the concession stand, and the damn bleachers. There was a lot of yellow flags. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> oh, my no, gosh. Great I fun. That was a long time now, ago. Now, you put me on old slick dirt track, we'll get it on. Yeah. But, man, that yeah. thing was – and I'm going to tell you all, folks, it ain't like to go karts. You ride it at the fair or you ride down here at the beach. This thing, the only the only ones I've driven since then, and I've kind of learned to lift and do, yeah, is uh, like at these uh, Andretti's mm -hmm. there, yeah. and then yeah. the ones at St. Tate. Do they still have them up I there? I think they do. I think they do. I didn't hear this year, but I think it's still going on up there. Yeah. And I used to play a little trick at Andretti's on all my buddies. I'd take them, you know, because it. I mean, they had some turns, but and they're electric, and uh, you know, they were. A, like a Tesla mode. Mm -hmm. And uh, so well, I would always kind of, they'd always say, what are you doing back there? I said, I'm letting air out of this left rear tire, 
give me a little rollout in this thing. When I go off in this corner, it won't push as bad. And they yeah. had no idea what I was talking about. So I just blister them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, but I was going to go show you and boy, I'm going to tell you what that thing was <laughs> fast. It would make this, it kind of, it almost because let's just say I'm used to roll cages and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, old dirt mm-hmm. track cars and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're out in the open you, on this yeah, thing. Absolutely. No seatbelt. It scares me to watch. No, hell no, no seatbelt, no nothing. <laughs> no leather. If you fall nope. out of the thing, you, nope. it's running. Well, so let's 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 talk about this. Yeah. You go down there, you remember, and you wind your way around. I kind of remember. Yeah. And then it was a hard left, and then the long straightaway. I'm not yeah. going to say I didn't make the first couple turns, <laughs> but that straightaway yeah. and that breaking straightaway down yeah. there where you let it roll through the corner, yep. not me, buddy. I was just going <laughs> to slide it around there and... How fast do you think you were when you when you when you needed to lift? Oh, what would you say you're gosh. at the end of that straightaway? This is a that long time was, ago. What? Yeah, fifty. That straightaway 55? was 300, 300 feet long. Yeah, probably might have, been, might have been faster than that. And you're only two inches off the ground, right? Yes, so and you're it, down there looking at them little wheels, and that thing is making. <laughs> was it a two-stroke? Uh, it was. It was, and I thought it was with a big muffler right off right, the side, right? And and liquid cooled, one twenty-five cc, probably probably upwards of eighty horse, ninety horse, something like that. The thing would cook. The thing would absolutely on a go kart on a go kart, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what they were racing there. You know, that's what these guys were racing. That was one of the classes. Yeah. So anyway, they showed me. They showed me. They mm-hmm. showed me the way. Yeah, I tell you what. But I would. I would take my friends. You know, um, and over here to these go kart tracks, and I'd just show them how. And then if there was ever a slick track or one of them little fake sprint car tracks, I'd be waiting on them when they got to the corner. You know. Yeah. But not yeah. that thing, boy. Okay. Shoot. Yeah, I was gonna show you how it's done. That's right. That's right. All right, so <laughs> we had, I learned my lesson. You did, you did. Well, we got so Salicate after I got Nick. through cleaning up my cuts and scratches, yeah. I went on and did the rodeo. You did, that night. you did, you did, you did. Um, and then was it a year later? Now I'm just trying to remember the timeline that you picked up the Great Lakes Circuit Finals as a barrel man well, here yep. in Louisville. Was that 2006? Six or seven. I did Six it for about seven. three years there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I skipped a year, and then I went back and did it the year I had the finals, 2010. Okay. okay. That's the one I was talking about. And, now, and y'all used to come see me there. I did. I, were, we come down from Michigan, and we'd, we'd hang out. And, and, I know uh, it. Yeah. That was I mean, great times, I was a spectator man. then. You know, I'm watching. It, it was great fun. Um, and is and the, Raj was the announcer. He was. He's still, he's the, still announcer. the announcer. And I mean, he's got the yeah. NFR. I mean, he's he's a little bit everywhere. Two thousand. You know, and the guy that mm-hmm. right, the guy that worked that uh, yeah. that that was a, that ran that whole. What did they call it? The North American Livestock Show? Yes. Or, yes. Okay. Then and um, guy named Harold Workman. Mm-hmm. I remember him. Yep. Yep. Nicest older gentleman and his granddaughter. Thought I was funny. That's why I had it several years. Ago. And at one time, if you just want to know about stroke and how strong a man is in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, mm-hmm. he's he's retired now. Um, one time after Mike Tyson got in his, his trouble when he needed a, a snack and a, ate a Vander Holfield's ear and he right, booted right. him out of boxing. Right. I was sitting there one day watching ESPN. And it had a screen of 
because Harold ran that building, you know. Right. Freedom Hall. The governor, mm-hmm. yeah, Freedom Hall, the governor of the great state of Kentucky is in one screen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like when you watch the news, they'll have two people arguing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Harold Workman was in the other screen. Right. And the governor of Kentucky said, Mike Tyson is a disgrace to the sporting industry and the sport of boxing, especially. I can assure you, he will never fight in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Harold Workman looks over there at him like they were sitting at the same place yeah. and said, the governor is mistaken. <laughs> Mike Tyson will fight here, and it'll be the biggest pay-per-view in history. Oh, wow. Well, turns out Mike Tyson fights there about a month later. Yeah. <laughs> That's some dang stroke there, buddy. Absolutely. Lots of influence. And, uh, and he did, and, it, and he fought, and it was the biggest pay-per-view in history, you know, and uh, like that at the time, you know, when he come in there. But he sure did, man. He sure did. That was because it was something to do with Ali, you know, because he's from Louisville. Right, and, right. And a lot of know, great Cowboys, you know, come through that. That's uh, in two weeks. They're going to have that that circuit finals here again in Louisville. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah yep. John weeks. Harrison will be doing it. Uh, John's done the NFR for the last 38 years, I think, or something. No, he's – I was. he just – we just found out he was – he made it again. He got it mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. he's he's perfect for that job. He's mm-hmm. one of my best friends. And yeah. You know, Doug, I'm if if I've never taken anything out of this business in the in my latter years of this, I have some of the best brothers and friends in this mm-hmm. business in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm their rebel rouser. Right. When they need something yelled at because they're all scared to do it because they'll lose, you know, I I can't say that, Robbie, but you ain't scared to. <laughs> right. And you know, right. each one of us, each one of the big you'd call it the big six or the big five, six, whatever it is. You know, me, So's Rump, John, mm-hmm. you know, Matt Tarr, Johnny, whoever, you know, one of them guys. Every one of us have a job in this deal. Rump, you know, Rump, he's the guy that keeps everybody, you know, he he's the one that finds us rodeos, let's say, you know, and like Sosby, he's the calmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. John's our money getter. If you can work one after John Harrison, you're making money, okay. you know, because he charges, okay. you know, okay. he ain't scared to. And then I am the, uh, I'm the ax man or the, uh, I'm the, for lack of a better term, I'm the stirrer. The stir. When they get something, yeah, you know, I'll get it to meet and I'm the one that throws them a card, walks out of the meetings. You know, I, I bring up the rules that nobody's, that everybody's scared to bring up or I'll bring up, you know, situations and they let me be that guy. And mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I said, please, they said, Robbie, you're going to lose rodeos. You keep doing it. And I said, please don't ever change this. This is my job. This is my contribution mm-hmm. to our friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, so they mm-hmm. said, all right, if you want to do it, you mm-hmm. go right ahead, bud. You know, you idiot. Yeah. But we all have this job, but we have become such good friends. That is so neat. That is so neat. You know, in the past, that might have been looked at a little more competitively. You're a competitor yeah. of mine. Well, exactly. You know, and we are to a point, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we try to keep, we, we we try to keep it mixed up enough to where nobody has, I mean, all of us have certain rodeos. Like when I was doing the interview from Pasadena, I've had that rodeo for 14 years, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. John's had Ogden, Utah for dang near that long, you know, Rump's had, uh, my gosh, he's had, uh, San Antonio for 10, you know, Mm -hmm. Matt Tars had, uh, 
Matt's had a, well, Sosby's had Cheyenne for that long. Mm -hmm. Matt Tars had a, you know, Albuquerque, mm -hmm. you know, so nobody messes with those. And when it comes time to bid those, you know, cause every about three or four years, you have to bid them. Mm -hmm. And if, and I'll say, Hey guys, you know, I need y'all to bid this rodeo. Okay. 3000 and no bullfight per mm -hmm. performance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Robbie wins again, yep. you know? Yep. Yep. And it's just a good brotherhood and we trust each other, you know, and nobody tries to jap each other's gigs and, you know, cause there's plenty to go around, but we, we try to mix them up and he'll say, well, this is my last year here at so-and-so call Robbie. Yeah. Hey, this is my last year here. Call Sosby. Yeah. Call John, you know? Yeah. And, and but, we had talked in one of the episodes about acts versus walk and talk. And yeah. in the old days, not that long ago, if you was dependent on acts and that was your gig, you had to watch your rotations, right? You better have you, a lot absolutely. of acts. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and nobody hauls five acts anymore. Right. I right. mean, you know, to, to do a 10 day rodeo. Right. You know, where you can rotate them out. You start at the front, you go in the end with it, you know. So the walking and, and talking has got to make that a ton easier where you can go year oh, yeah. after year after year. Well, right. You can walk and talk about anything, but yeah. once people seen your act, you know, yeah. 43 times, they, they get tired of it. And then yeah. they, you know, then they're going to the, to the beer stand while you're doing your act. And you can tell in the, in the, and the committees understand that, sure. you know, and sure. I don't ever like to be maybe two years on most of them, but like I said, everybody has that one anchor rodeo, mm -hmm. but I just, I don't like to, uh, necessarily, I don't. I don't want to ever wear out a welcome. Yeah. Sometimes I do that by the first perf, you know. But. Understood. So, so in the in the order of getting things, and I believe you had made a mention. I think you you got the NFR after five years of, with having your PRCA yep. card. Yeah. Was it required? Is it required that you work a that you work a circuit final somewhere? Uh, not for the NFR, but no. it is for the uh, Ram National Circuit. Okay. Finals. Okay. Or what okay. they call it now. What do they call it? The now? NFR the, uh, Open, I think it's called. I hate that. That ah. is the stupidest, most ridiculous thing that mm. I've ever heard. They don't call it the World Series Open. They right. don't call it the Super Bowl Challenge. Right. It's it's right. the that's some nitwit came up with that. And it's <laughs> it's it's terrible. <laughs> yes, and and yes. everybody hates it. Not one person. I've never heard one person ever say, "Well, we like this called the NFR Open." You yeah. know? Yeah. And they, and they just, uh, it, it's not the NFR is the pinnacle of our game. Okay. It is the greatest accomplishment you can have in Western sports. Okay. It's bigger than the PBR. It's bigger than anything else, you know, mm -hmm. and, to, mm -hmm. and to have that, why would you deaden that? Right. With, right. Right. you know, naming something else. What are now? What are we going to have, you know, NFR shampoo? <laughs> well, so, so for our listeners, how do you, as a, now you're a rodeo entertainer for the NFR, you're a barrel man for the NFR. How? Just barrel man. Just barrel you, man. Uh, okay. You know, last year, the lights went off and everybody was surprised they saw John. Mm -hmm. uh, John actually got to do a little bit and oh, it was kind of neat. Okay. Yeah. The lights, uh, yeah, somebody hit a transformer out there or oh, something. Wow. Through oh, wow. So they, uh. So they actually let John in about the time he got the microphone on and found one, which I think they should showcase yeah. more yeah. of us. I mean, we didn't get there for, but, but mainly the NFR is, is a protection thing. And, okay. you know, John works the barrel 
just fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the guys that have done it now, everybody, anybody right now eligible for it can work the barrel good okay. enough to work the NFR because they're not, if they fight a lot, they won't take them. You know, if they're really mean because the, the directors and stuff just won't take these bulls that are, that are, mm-hmm. you know, because, and if they're shoot fighters or if they're anything like that, because it's such a timeline there, you yeah. know, so, so Which, who selected you to the finals? How does this go? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is kind of a cool story. Yeah. I'm going to hear it. So, okay. In 2010, um, the last year that this was the way it was, we had some guys in here that changed it. I, I never agreed with the rule. Of course they said, well, Robbie, we never changed. I learned to work the barrel down in Okeechobee, Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. with the meanest pen of bulls in America, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. They will kill you, you know? And uh, if, if you don't have a barrel man down there, they're going to hook the photographer. They're going to hook everybody. Mm-hmm. They're just not nice. So I kind of got the reputation as the barrel man of the PRCA. You know, the, I'm not bragging, but I mean, it's just that was my end. So um, that's where I got it from five years in. And uh, so in this, let's see, the right after I'd met Krista, in mm-hmm. sep- the end of September, mm-hmm. the next week is when they voted the first time, October the 5th, after the end of the season. The season ends the last day of September. Right. Okay. So um, that next week, they have the first votes for NFR. The The bull riders voted then. They'd vote for two barrel men, and then they'll vote for two uh, – I mean, they'll vote for three bullfighters. They only had – I mean, they did vote for their favorite three, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you would go back in, or they may have voted for five bullfighters, and they would take the top three. And one of them was the alternate. So what they would, they would just use the alternate there and have three because, I mean, they're, they're, these guys are trying really hard, and this is a NFR, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I get the phone call. I was sitting with Kelly Kenny, rodeo announcer. I was in San Damas, California, and we we're in there playing a the guitar, and he was helping me with some guitar stuff. And I get a phone call from the PRCA, and I look down. I said, "That's crazy. What have I done?" You always say that when you get a PRCA call, right? Right. <laughs> and it and it was yeah. Sarah Muirhead, and she says, um, "Robbie, I've I've got some some news for you." And I said, "What?" She goes, um, "Well, there's been a tie for uh, NFR Barrel Man, and it's between Keith Isley, Troy Lurwell, and you." Oh wow, three way tie. Okay. And it well. You know, I didn't know. So, what? like I said, the, the most votes get it, yep. and then the second-place guy is the alternate. So, I'm thinking, well, Troy Lurwell or Keith got 19 votes or 18 votes, and me and, me and the other guy got one each, and they're, it's a tie for the alternate. I see. You know, or I something. see. Okay. So, I said, um, I said, man, that is incredible. I thought, well, this is the coolest thing, and this is the pinnacle of my life right here. You know, mm-hmm. I am – I am in the running with the two coolest barrel men in the world, you know, Keith Isley and Troy Lurwell. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, you know, I was, I, I just couldn't believe that it actually happened to me. It was unbelievable. So I get to, uh, I, I leave San Davis and I come home. They said the next votes next week, and then we'll know who it is, you know? So I drive home from San Davis. I'm, you know, and I'm I'm excited. I'm like, hey man, I'm third as barrel man yeah, for you yeah. know NFR. I can't believe this. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened. I've made it in this game. So I go over to Mesquite. I park in Mesquite for that week, and I had to go and do a um, 
I had to go do the CBR finals. So I saved my skeet. I went to Kansas City. I apologize. I drove over to Kansas City, did it, and I came back, and it was the week after. It was two weeks. And that, that week, I went and parked to Kansas City just to hang out. Mm-hmm. Well, I called Troy Lurwell, who's and Keith both, and they were like, dude, this is so awesome for you. You know, we're so proud of you just getting in there, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're veterans of yeah. the sport, yep. you know. Very, very, uh, you know, they, they were just great with me, you know. I mean, they were – they weren't like, oh, I hope, you know – it's going to be me or whatever. No, they, they're not like that. They're professionals. Yep. They knew how excited I was. So I'm sitting in Mesquite by myself, and it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes. And by Wednesday, I'm thinking, I might actually, what if I'm the alternate barrel man? Mm-hmm. You know, so they had to have a revote. That's why it was a week late. I see. Okay. Okay. So they said, we're going to revote. It'll be two weeks, get everything back out. I said, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I call Irwell. He was at Waco down there at the Central State, Central Texas State Fair. They did. And he goes, are you nervous, buddy? And I said, uh, he varied. He said, I tell you what, dude, why don't you ride down here? And we were going to know Friday about 530. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you ride down here since it's me and you are on the list? Keith was back at home mm-hmm. and he, and he says, um, let's, let's find out together. Okay. And wow. Like, yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? That's how good a guys these are. You know, they yeah. weren't cutthroat. So I'm sitting down there. Troy's getting his motorcycle jump ready that afternoon about five o'clock. You know, it's getting on down there then. And I'm sitting out there and we're having us a couple beers. And, you know, I mean, this is a celebratory time. I was going to get to shake the hand of the guy that had the NFR, Troy Lurwell, you know, and, or mm-hmm. call Keith immediately. Yep. But I, I felt like part of that group for just – uh, one year, I was at least going to be considered as part of that group. That's neat. So I get – we see Sarah come walking from about 100 yards away out of the building to come tell us. Yeah. And Troy's putting his bomb on, and this is the kind of guy Troy Lurwell is. He says, I hope it's you. Okay. And I went, oh, my gosh. You know, yeah, I didn't yeah. say, well, I yeah. hope it is too. You know what I mean? I was just – I guess I was so overwhelmed at his professionalism and that our friendship meant more than him having the NFR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm getting married out there. Mm-hmm. If, if you're the, you know, if it's you and I tied for the alternate, you're getting it. Okay. Because okay. I've, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is all happening within two minutes of her walking to us. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the phone rings. It seemed like a, 45 minute thing the phone rings and donna keffler calls and she goes robbie yeah and i said hang on donna and she had known about it she was calling to congratulate me and didn't know that i knew about it yet i said hang on donna uh i gotta talk to what's her name right there she said just leave me on the phone i said okay yeah yeah. sarah walks down and she goes congratulations robbie you're the wrangler national finals i just dropped my beard sat out on a bale of hay and squall for 20 minutes i mean yeah just unbelievable yeah unbelievable that this happened to a dumb redneck bullied kid yeah from georgia that had no business in this world getting the nfr you know yeah and this and troy and I mean, people called. I got to call people that raised me. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, and it was it was the greatest experience of my life yeah. ever. Yeah. 
Um, it was great to do once. I mean, if I ever got to go back, they'd want me there to protect. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But that's why I always, I'm so, if you look at my Facebook, I'm so, uh, I try to be so encouraging for these guys that are on that list that don't know they have it yet. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I want them. I want them to experience what I got to experience. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And and for our listeners, what what was that like? I mean, you're on the largest stage in the sport of professional rodeo. You're at the NFR. Ten days <sighs> in December. Yep. Okay, ten and, performances. Go ahead. And I, you know, and because I always was the, uh, I was always the amateur guy. My, my buddies, they were still all my great friends that I rode with, but they all went to the PRCA and rode. They did very good over there. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't handle the heavier horses, so right. I never went over there. I went just to go with them, you know, and mm -hmm. film a permit, did okay, but, you know, I never I never was. I'd have had to get in a truck with Will Lowe and them. They had to show me how to ride them heavy horses. Right. You know, I mean, my guys were great, and they were doing good, and Phil Broom almost made the finals one year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but just for me to get that was just like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's the greatest. It, I mean, I, I remember just laying there as, as a kid and going back to when I was riding old Meg out in the barbed wire pen, you mm -hmm. know, and how many times that when I practice, I slid up to win the world. Yep. You know, is the, uh, the round 10 and all I had to do was be 80 points to win the world and how many dreams of that, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and here I'm going to be. The funny thing about it, Carl Stressman and all the people at PRCA, we all went out Thursday night before we found out on Friday and they knew it okay. and couldn't tell me. They couldn't tell. Okay. So, you know, and yeah. I had no clue. I yeah. mean, and they were laughing and yeah. cutting up and even... Even like the wives of the, you know, the girls that worked at PRCA, I was friends with some of my husbands and, and they would be like, if you tell him, I will kill you, you know, I'll lose my job, Yeah. you know, and stuff. But they already knew that I'd want it because I'd gotten, I guess I'd gotten a pretty good majority of the votes, I guess you could say, okay. you know. Okay. So, but I remember the first day, so I go out there and uh, we, uh. I get out there and I remember driving and I've stopped to pick Keith Wright up from Ricochet mm -hmm. and, and he rode out there with me mm -hmm. and uh, I stopped there and by in Oklahoma and got him and we come over that hill and the reality of Las Vegas hit me when I come over in between uh, right there and enter, you know, right there at the big mountain, there's, the, you know, and I saw them lights. Heath could just tell because he's been on the, the big stages before and stuff, you know, and he's like, you're fixing to have the time of your life here, man. He said, you know, and it, and it just hit me and how, how, uh, how a dumb kid from Georgia, you know, yeah. had, had gotten this. So the first night we go down and, and me and Sosby had partied it up pretty hard after, you know, knowing about it. Cause he, he helped me get started and mm -hmm. he hadn't had it yet, you know, mm -hmm. but he was so encouraging, you know, he said, and he, and, and here's what he told me. And it made a lot of sense. He said, Robbie, you just proved to everybody in this business that the nobody can get this thing. And he didn't mean it in a disrespectful way. Right. Right. It shows everybody in this business, because I was the first non-big name guy. You mm -hmm. know, Flynn had had it for 10 years straight. Mm -hmm. Troy had had it for four. Keith had had it for the one. You know, mm -hmm. 
and he'd been the alternate 43 times. Yep. But he just, you know, when Sosby said, you're the guy that showed everybody in here that the nobody can have a chance at this, man. You just got to do what you do. So we're having us a big old time. Well, Thursday night rolls around, and I remember going in there, and I went to all these meetings. Kenny Bajeron, it was his first year of fight bulls there, too. Mm-hmm. So Sean Davis is about a five-foot-four tall guy, mm-hmm. the scariest man you ever seen in your life, and he talks like this. Yeah. He's an old bronc rider, you know, and he's run the NFR for so many years, you know, and he runs it. Hey, he was a he was a dang sure an admiral, you know, mm-hmm. no BS kind of guy, I didn't think. So we're sitting there, and he leans back in that chair, and it's like being in the principal's office when you go in there and talk to him. <laughs> he said, "The boys, first thing I want to do is I want to congratulate y'all on being the NFR barrel man and bullfighter." Mm-hmm. That's yesterday. Cool. Said, yep. I, yep. "Oh yeah," and I'm like. You know, and then this has really hit me. You don't let your phone ring in them meetings, and mm-hmm. it's serious business then. You know, mm-hmm. all the drinking and cutting up at those square bar down South Point, that stuff's over. Right. You know, right. it's fixing the, yeah, we're all business now. So he pulls us in there in that first meeting, and he says, um, he leans back in that old chair with them old glasses, looking over them glasses. He says, you boys see this right here? And he opens that blind up, and you can see the whole background of, of Las Vegas Strip mm-hmm. out of the Thomas Mack office in there. Yep. He said, that's what we're competing with. He said, I have 168 people telling me what they think I need to do. He said, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. He said, don't. He said, what I need out of you is you to do exactly your job. Nobody else's job. Don't get in the way of somebody doing their job. I have to run this off in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, we're in big trouble because they want them back on this, on the, you know, in these casinos. And Las Vegas Events puts it on me, and I said, uh, absolutely. Okay. And he said, now what do you, what do you want out of me, Kenny? He said, well, I just want to fight bulls good. He said, uh, I want you know, do the best job I can. Mm-hmm. And he said, what about you, Hillbilly? That's what he <laughs> called me. Because <laughs> I think I think they had kind of pre-loaded him on how I was. He knew you know? who he was sitting in front of, didn't he? And he said, what about you here, Billy? What do you want? And I said, you know what? You see that little dog right there? Yeah. I said, I want you to look at that little dog when you're going home next Sunday. I want you to look over at that little old dog, Shorty, and I want you to say, uh, man, that Hodges was easy man to work with. There you go. <laughs> and, there I was, you go. and I said, we'll be good. He said, me and you going to be we're going to be good friends. We'll be just fine if you'll give me that. And I said, yes, sir. Yeah. Never had another problem. So that night, yeah, we get there and, you know, and everybody thought that, you know, I was going to do the genie pop out and I was going to be the crazy guy and do all this. And they yeah. said, Robbie's going to show them how it's done. And I'm like, boy, y'all going to be real disappointed in old Robbie. So, so no, none of that. Like you'd done at the IFR. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. No, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything. All I did was roll that barrel out there, get in it, and the fifth bull out, Doug. I'll never forget this part. About the fifth, I'm sitting there fixing to go in. Barrel, we're not even allowed out of the dressing room dressed mm-hmm. as a clown. Mm-hmm. You can come out there and they have a place for you to stand right by that let out gate where you always see Gizmo standing there. Mm-hmm. When we're, uh, you know, on the TV broadcast. Yep. We're uh, 
we're not allowed to come out of the dressing room dressed as a clown for a distraction until after the till the barrel racing starts. Okay. So we sat in the locker room. Well, they put a keg of beer in there. Well, hell. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have me one knock the edge off there. Yep. Well, about four in, you know, I'm like, I better back off. So I yeah. did. I was fine. I, yeah. was, I mean, yeah. you know, South went out there drunk, but, yeah. you know, I did find the keg. And uh, so we're set. We roll that barrel down that tunnel. That's the scariest tunnel you've ever seen in your life. It was way scaring them two little girls there in the shining. You know, really? When you're rolling. Okay. Just very that intimidating because it's Ooh, long yes. and narrow and. Man. And you're rolling that barrel down there and you're fixing to go to the NFR first round. You know, I look over at Kenny Bajero and I said, I don't know about you, but I'm pissing my pants right now. Really? And he looks at me and he said, Hey, Hodge, I ain't so sure this was a good idea. Uh, I said, listen, if you help me roll this barrel back up this tunnel yeah, and you help me get it out that door, we can be fishing. We can be red fishing <laughs> by about, about Saturday. Yeah. If you want, yeah. he says, I reckon we better stay. Yeah. So, yeah. There was always a big rumor you weren't allowed to move the barrel at the NFR. Okay. Once it's in the arena, it stays put. Yeah. That was the rumor. The rumor rule, yeah. Okay. I mean, you get okay. fired or fired or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'd made a living packing that barrel in there yeah. on them wrecks and going yep. digging guys out. Well, yep. about five bulls in, I've got the picture in here on my wall. Mm-hmm. Cajun monkey hangs up Clayton Williams' foot in the rope. You probably remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was back about, oh, I don't know, 60 yards. It ain't much longer than that. So I was pretty far back here. I was probably closer to the calf box than I was to the. I see. And that's so, where they wanted you. Yeah, they just wanted me back so I could be in line of sight with Sean. Okay. You know, in okay. case there was a problem and he needed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then, you know, if I was doing too much, he could tell me to calm down or, you know, if I'm clapping or whatever. Yeah. So I said, uh. Well, Cajun Monkey hangs him up, and all I see is Clayton go down. And when I do, I see Monkey just jump on him and start just pouncing on him. Mm, mm, well, mm. just out of instinct, I grabbed him handles, and I went in there and got to him. When I got close enough, I said, oh, crap, it's his foot's hung. So I jumped out of the barrel. Well, it got knocked over, and I climbed out of the barrel and went to him. And we, you know, and they, the boys got him loose and everything. Mm-hmm. So. And this place goes crazy. Hmm. I mean, they go absolutely berserk. Yeah. You know, because they'd made a good save on a guy that was in, you know, the bullfighters mm-hmm. did. I didn't think nothing mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So he says, uh, I go up there to the Coors suite when I get through and Krista's up there. She's up there smooing with uh, oh, Luke Perry <laughs> was up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I got the picture. She's up there with Luke Perry and yeah. they're talking, you know. And, She's loving all over him. Here I am working my guts out this little easy rodeo, you know. I said, well, I guess you like this game, don't you? This third rodeo you've been to, and you sit up there, you know, hugged up on old Luke Perry. God rest his soul. What a good guy. What a good but, uh, guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, uh, I'm up there, and I'm having, and Donna and them are like, oh, my gosh, you moved the barrel. It was so cool. And about that time, two or three of them little whippersnappers that are, you know, uh, Sean's going to have to talk to you. You're probably going to get fined. Uh, for moving the barrel at the NFR. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, I was prepared for it. I didn't yeah. think about it, Doug. I just went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, and there, the whole time they're in there, you need to come with us. We need to talk to you down there with Sean. He has yeah. a meeting with you. Yeah. 
I'll never forget as long as I live. Pete Coors owns Coors. Yeah. You know, that yeah. little beer company. Yeah. Is yeah. Standing up there. And, you know, he's like, great job, man. Congratulations. And they, and uh, here come the, the guys, you know, they just wanted me to get fired because I was the new guy, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd kind of stepped over some people, I reckon. And, he, and they said, um, I ain't going to mention no names, but it, you know, the whole time I'm down there and he says, well, let me tell you this, sonny boy, as I'm walking out of there, if you get fined, I'm paying it. That's the first time we've seen our barrel in 25 years here. Oh, wow. Okay. So I said, okay. All right. Okay. You know, as long as I don't get fired. Yeah. So I go down there and Sean sitting in that office and he said, boys, I need to talk to you just a minute. Let me have Robbie here a minute. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, Robbie, couple three things i need to visit with you about and i said yes sir you know i was very respectful you know because i knew i was fixing to get to choose mm-hmm. and he says um first thing um need quick clapping just a little bit early so they can hear your name i know you're excited second thing is i know you watched keith last year and I, this is another cool deal but he said there the camera's above you now over the calf box so you're not blocking the line of sight of okay. the barrel okay okay and he said and Another thing when he talked about said that barrel, and I went, oh, here it comes. He said, man, it sure is good to see a guy go down there and get somebody when they get in a bind. Really? Okay, <laughs> And I said, yeah. I said, you have got to be kidding me. He said, no. I said, man, the whole way down here, and you can see the disappointment in them guys' eyes, you know, the 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 assistants and all mm-hmm. them, you know, that mm-hmm. came down there, the new hillbilly guy's going to get fined right off the bat. Mm-hmm. We'll show him who's in charge. He said, you go down there and you get them guys when they get in the bind. I like to see that. Okay. Don't you t- don't you make me have to tell you to move that barrel back? Okay. I said yes, sir. So boy, I had a ring, Doug. I made some of the best saves of the week, and nobody ever saw them. But I'd run down there and I'd get that barrel back. I was as back as fast <laughs> as I was down there, yeah. right back to that ring. Yeah, yeah. And and once old Sean realized it, I knew. I guess I knew what I was doing. I still learn every day from it. But mm-hmm. once old Sean learned that I wasn't going to go bailing off in there four seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and mess mm-hmm. up, you know, mm-hmm. somebody's 90 point bull ride, he let me move up. And by the time that, by the time by sixth round, I was up even with Bob and Boyd. Really? Okay. So they yeah. let you yeah. be, get back into position where you normally would work. Yeah, yeah, so it was a lot easier to get back to that spot. But this is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And this is probably still one of the top five things that ever happened to me in this business. And it's kind of weird, but the year before, I watched Keith in the barrel. Mm -hmm. And I had to buy what they call a Mad Dash ticket. Okay. Because we were still ESPN. I mean, every night sold out. Okay, okay. You know, but I'm. I go in there with this mad dash ticket and the only seat I can find to watch Keith Isley, Doug, my back is touching the top of mm-hmm. the Thomas and Mac mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the way in the back corner. Mm-hmm. And I can barely see who it is yeah. from that top position. Yeah. You know, I was to, I would look down to my left and see the calf box is how far away I was oh, wow. from the bucket. Okay. Okay. And I remember sitting in that seat by myself, me with a box of popcorn and a beer watching just wondering what the hell that would ever be like. Yeah. Knowing that there's no chance ever that I'll ever be there. Yeah. The next year, I remember Ronnie White, them, I told you about that. Ronnie White, my friend from NASCAR, came to my first night. Mm-hmm. Well, they were even sitting way over yonder, and I'd, there wasn't nowhere to sit. So I 
I mean, they they had some pretty good seats, but that's the ones that came to my rodeo. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for them up in the crowd. Mm -hmm. The first night, I roll a barrel out. You know, when I'm doing the look around, because I'm taking all this in, Doug. Mm -hmm. And this affected me probably more than anything. I look up there, Doug, and there's one empty seat up there where I was sitting. Oh, wow. At the top of that building. Okay. And that seat was empty. Yep. And one year later, I Isn't mean, that you know. crazy? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the seat I was sitting in, I don't know if it's the exact one, but it was right there by it, I reckon. Yeah. And that seat was empty. And there I was in that barrel for the best seat in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, that tied everything together. Mm -hmm. that every that i'd ever been through mm -hmm. that i'd ever done i remember sitting in that locker room putting makeup on that night put my shins on and get my high top tennis shoes you know and i'm thinking what in the hell have you done yeah. with your life right yeah. here you know yeah it is you know anything past this anything past this right here if a bus hits me i've done it you, you know my kids it. are sitting okay. in the crowd yep. or they're sitting up there in the cooler suite you know, Donna's taking care of them, mm -hmm. you know, and I want everybody in this business to get to experience that. And, I, and, and, and that's, you know, and I, and I tell them, I say, it's not going to happen to everybody. Don't base your career on getting the NFR. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if it happens, it is, it is, it's winning the Super Bowl. It's winning the okay. cup. Okay. It's making that corner down there at the end of that yeah, straight away. for sure. For you sure. Know? Yeah. And and just to, to be on that list, of, I think there's been 30. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's been 30 guys get it yet. Maybe yep. there has been. I'll have to count them now. But yep. it was 20, I was 24 or 26 mm -hmm. different oh, okay. barrel men to ever have it. You know, okay. and it's a brotherhood. You get a different respect from it, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, even now, 10 years or well, heck, almost 14 years, 13 years later, you know, I'm still an NFR barrelman. Because I remember the next year, I was the alternate. She goes, Robbie, I'm sorry. You okay. didn't get the finals again. Yeah. When You know, when they call back the next year, um, that's when they let, they started letting announcers. Totally against that. I'll, I'll say it publicly. Mm -hmm. It was, I would have had the finals for four or five more years probably. Because I was the only one working the barrel. Well, these, we had some guys in there. I didn't agree with their decision. But they decided that they would make everybody vote on it now well i've never saved a rodeo announce from my life i, I would save I you see. you know because yeah. it's you yeah. know so when they took the bull riders out of it they have 48 votes oh, well wow. there's 20 bull. you know so yeah. yeah and and john harrison and everybody that's done it has been awesome yeah okay yeah. everybody that's done it's been really really good at what they did except one but i'm not going to say anybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i didn't have handles in his barrels Okay. In his barrel, you oh, know, wow. but he was popular. Yeah. I'm not going to say that's all. That's the only negative thing you're going to hear me say on every one of these podcasts. Yes, that's right. But was that's when right. they changed the rules on it, you know? Because okay. you had and, mentioned um, that, uh, might have been the first episode we talked, that you alluded some some changes in policies and rules that might keep you from getting some rodeos. And that's what you're referring to. Yes, that was exactly okay. what I was referring to, you know, okay. but I'll just go ahead and say it. I mean. I think it was self-served um, that they that they did that. They they said, "Oh, we're going to lose the NFR mm -hmm. if we don't let them. You know, if we don't have a bunch of votes, we're gonna they're going to take it away mm -hmm. from us. They're going to give it back to Flint." Well, first of all, Flint wasn't even in the PRCA then. Hell, he had him a quarter million dollar a year job at yeah, you know, with PBR. Yeah, PBR. 
You know, they're going to take it away and pick who they want. Mm -hmm. No, they're not. Yeah. And now that we have blue jeans in there, even he's the one that told me that. Said, Robert, they changed that. You'd have had it for four or five years. Yeah, yeah. And I, maybe, maybe not. But maybe he was making me feel good. But he said it. You yeah, know, for sure. And you want real life? That's real life to me. I think it. I don't think it was taken from me. Nothing is ever taken, mm -hmm. but it just made it more difficult, you know, and, and it's spread it out some now, but now John's had it for seven years in a row or six mm -hmm. or seven years, not saying he's not the best man for it because he is perfect for that job. Yep. yep. You know, and yep. when so's got it that year, we were, I was in Jamaica mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I remember we, that's the only person I've ever politic to get something in my life. Okay. I, and I don't politic. I don't call and beg for votes for the NFR. I can look in this mirror right here in this glass and say, you know what? I got it because of my merits, and that's it, you know. Yep. But I didn't call, oh, vote for me. You know, I need to get the NFR. Cody Sosby is the only one we ever politic for okay. because okay. he was and, – and Matt Tarr will be the next one mm -hmm. we're politicking for, you I know, see. because they deserve it. He's done a great job. He's improved. He's – you know, we've watched him grow. We brought the new kid up. And Sosby wasn't no new kid, but he was the last one of the main five, you know. Mm -hmm. And I remember her calling. She says, Robbie, uh, this is, uh, I can't remember, oh, Sarah again, I guess. She says, uh, I just called you with her. I said, did Sosby get it? And she just paused. She said, you're the third person in a row. That was the first thing you asked. Oh, wow. And she goes, I get to tell you, yes, he did. And, okay. man, we were, okay. you know, and we were sending him. We were all in Jamaica on our little vacation. Sosby wasn't. Mm -hmm. So we all drunk dolls Sosby from the swimming pool in Jamaica, you know, it was so excited because that, that almost closed, that closed, that closed the loop yeah. for us. Yeah, Every one that. of us had that rump had had it, yeah. you know, and yeah. it, it was just, it was so, I don't know how to describe it. It was just, um, it was is it was an awesome experience, you know. Would I do it again if they want me to? But well, I, I was going to tell you when they called to tell me, you know, Robbie, sorry, you got the alternate in 2011. I was hurt then. I really didn't need to do it again. Mm -hmm. I was pretty my shoulders and stuff, and I was going through some injury stuff and mm -hmm. my head injuries and 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 I said, well, do I need to send my jacket and buckle back? You know, does it? she goes, no. And I said, you mean tell me I'm always going to be the 2010 NFR barrelman? Yeah. <laughs> Well, hell, why am I, why are you apologizing? Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> so but it's a, it's a good brotherhood. It's a good brotherhood. So here's, here's a question before we move on to music. Okay. Several time nominee for the PRCA clown of the year. Yeah. The Coors man in the can. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be about 15 of those, I guess. Okay. 14 or 15 of them, you know, the PRCA comedy act of the year. Yeah, that was many years ago. I, I don't really like to put in for that stuff anymore okay. because if you don't get on the top five, then you know you're really doing bad. Okay. You okay. know, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do every once in a while. This year I put in for it. Didn't get it. Mm. But, you know, I'm the older guy, and I, I'm, 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 I'm good with that, Doug. Mm -hmm. I, I got my time. Rudy Burns told me, and I told you this earlier, you know, dude, there's a changing of the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be known as the NFR barrelman. I want to be the guy that when they have to look over in there at me and they say, you know, that guy – he helped everybody, and he helped me get here. Yeah, yeah. He helped me get here, and yep. and you know that's my award every year when somebody says, "Man, thank you for your encouragement." You know, I can call you, and that, we went over, and I'm not going to go back over that. Yeah. But so you know, when those guys can call me, it 
it's that's perfect. The, that's the belt buckle. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's been one of the themes that we picked up during this is just how important it is to be able to help others and, and be a mentor and that sort of thing. So going down the list, extreme bulls, you, you fight them in the PRCA, you've been, you're doing PBR all over the place, bullfighters yeah. only, bullfight finals in Las Vegas in 2015, PBR, yeah. bullfighting barrel man, 2016. So yeah, and then, uh, then here's the question. Okay. What, what's on your bucket list? Uh, if. Oh, uh, gosh, that's a, you know, I don't I don't really have a bucket list. I look back at something. Mm -hmm. And I'll say that was the coolest thing I'll ever do. Okay. And but when we get into the music, I will tell okay. you. Okay, all right. that, all okay. Right. Let me. Let, if are you talking about rodeo wise, it doesn't matter. Rodeo music. What's yeah? What's on the horizon? What if you say that's that's where I want to go? Wouldn't that be cool? If doing Red Eyed Lion, mm -hmm. my song Red Eyed Lion. The the Tamer of the Red-Eyed Lion, mm -hmm. The Legend of Donnie Gay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to open the NFR. To open the NFR. That's your bucket list. If I could do that Perfect. song about him. Mm -hmm. You know, I wrote this song. Uh, let's go ahead and do it. You ready to go to music? I'm I think we've rodeoed him to death. So, so right. just to set a little context for our listeners, okay? Okay. Uh, yeah, because you, you were there during the tough years. You, you didn't pick up a guitar. <clears throat> Until 2008 or so, where you started to get serious. I was a little earlier than that. It was, was probably it? 2004. 2004. Yeah. Okay. I would All sit right. around and just pick one because mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I thought it was cool to, you know, just be able to sit out here and pick D, C, and G and, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. God, I didn't even know how to sing and play at the same time. You know, it yeah. was, yeah. it was, that was the hardest learning curve I've ever had. Really? To sing and play at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot going on, right? Yeah. You know, and there's, to go right back to something, you said a bucket list. Um, I, I don't even want to say this. There's an award that they give out every year that the actual bullfighters and barrel men vote on. It's the, uh, one of the, if I had to win an award, and you were mentioning accolades, um, one of the awards, and I, I can live without it, but it would just, hate to even say this, but Rex Dunn was was an amazing person. And they have the Rex Dunn Memorial Award. Mm -hmm. And and I've seen some guys win that that I loved. And just to be thought of that. And the Coors Man in the Can, it's eluded me for every year. You know, I've, I've won second last year. And, you know, I, I'm not – I don't do enough rodeos there anymore to, to, to win it. But, you know, I get on that top five every year. Mm-hmm. But that that Rex Dunn award okay. Okay. is recognized of somebody who's helped somebody in his fist. I know that sounds that sounds like that's why I help people. Mm. To me, that sounds like, but that's not. No, that's not. No, no, that that's just. I get it though. I mean, um, it's neat that they Do recognize. You? I mean, please, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, stop me if it sounds no. like. Well, I, I, I help these people so I can get that no, no. coveted buckle. That that's I, not. Here, here's what I think. I have heard this from the very first, very first episode all the way through. Good golly, we're we're pressing six hours right now of yeah. conversation, 
every time you talk about mentoring and helping and encouraging and and just giving tips and pointers and all that sort of thing. And and what I got to say tied to that is when I ask what's on your bucket list, this was about the fourth thing that even came up. Well, so this this doesn't feel front of mind and this doesn't feel like this is a self-motivation here. So I but I get it. I mean, to be recognized by your peers, well, right? And Rex Dunn, right? Tell us about Rex Dunn, dude. Rex Dunn was, you know, Rex put on schools and he taught the base of all bullfighting. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have a tattoo under my arm. People think it's recycled, but it's not. It's what Rex used to draw on a business card and stick it in their hat was the rumor. And it said round and round, and it was the, Looks like a recycle sign. Oh, really? Okay. Round and round, don't fall down. Okay. And that was what he'd say. If you don't learn nothing else here, round and round, don't fall down. And what he meant by that was don't get straightened out. Don't get lined out on these Mm -hmm. bulls when you're fighting them. Well, I was awarded, and and a lot of the bullfighters got that tattoo, and they, I say allowed to get it. I mean, you get what Mm -hmm. you want, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I've got the bad clown on one on, on, you know, on the outside of my arm and underneath there in the, in the really hurdy part of your arm mm-hmm. is around. And that was oh, the wow. first tattoo I ever got. And that's yeah. the only two I have. Okay. That, uh, and it's, and it's that symbol. And they said, Robbie, you, you're a bullfighter with your barrel. We want you to go get that tattoo. Okay. And I thought that was, you know, that was an honor. You bet. And you bet. Uh, from my friends, you know, and, but Rex Dunn. He he was the basest of what all this new bullfighting and blender and you know and he he raised all those guys and he had the respect for everybody. Nobody knows how many NFRs Rex Dunn had. Mm-hmm. Hell, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. They damn sure remember how many people he helped. Right, right. And and you know and all I want is enough people to carry me. If I can find six to carry me when I'm when I cash in my chips. <laughs> right, right. You know, and then them look over in there and say, "Man, that guy helped me." He did. You know. You bet. And, and and the and the messages and stuff, but I appreciate you saying that, Doug. But I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you, mm. you know, because you've asked me to be that. That would be, that would be a big honor. That you know, be. I'm that would I'm not in the spotlight enough to do that mm. now, which is fine. Mm. You know, I mean, mm. and everybody that's won that is amazing, mm. amazing. Mm. You know, Frank Newsom won it last year when he retired. Um, mm. Cody Webster won it the year before that. You know, Blue Jeans won it okay. for helping everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and and just to be thought of in that manner. And mm-hmm. I feel like I am. Yeah. So I don't have to have a buckle to prove it. Yeah. But I guess that would be it. Okay. All right. All right. Enough All bragging right. about enough bragging about well, me. Let's uh, let's yeah. talk about music. Well let's and, take and, her down and I watched I watched uh first off, I've been been watching a few of your interviews online. You uh, folks you can go oh, find him on YouTube. Um yeah. and, and if you haven't heard Coors Can Barrel Man. Yeah. That was released in 2022. When was that released? 2020. 2020. 2021. 2021. Yeah, we, we wrote it in 2020 when we, when I met the guys that helped me write it. Yeah. Or co-wrote it with me at when they moved the finals to Texas. Okay. So what was the, tell us how a song gets written. Did you have this in your brain? No. Um. I told y'all, remember, I told you about me doing the, here comes a helicopter over us, mm. probably going to NASA. How cool. Yeah. Hang on, Doug. Yeah. You, oh, it's an old Cobra. 
Sorry, Doug. We interrupt this so the bad clown can get this. That's why. That's why when I fly with Donnie Gay, he always says, "Now you better pay attention right here. You're going to get us all killed." Because I will, you know, be squirrel. But uh, they uh, <laughs> quit, Doug. You make me cough. Anyway, where yeah. were we? Oh, Coors Can. Coors Can. So uh, Coors Can. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Coors Snyder and Barrel Man. Now, Tommy Lee right. Snyder. Is that is that? No, 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 no. Tommy Snyder. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy Lee Snyder. No, Tommy. Uh, Tommy Snyder is no. He, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Tommy Snyder was with Charlie Daniels for a long time. And that's okay. little, you know that's on another episode when I did the when I first you know was asked to play the, the Charlie Daniels yeah. tribute. Yeah. And uh, so we're sitting in there, and and after I told him what song I wanted to play, and he figured out what I wasn't going to do one of the usual Charlie Daniels songs, and mm-hmm. I was going to choose a little more difficult one, mm-hmm. Trudy. Trudy. We're, he says, why don't you come over to my bar and let's have us a whiskey and let's work this thing up so I can play it with you because I want to. Okay. And, you know, it, and with Carolyn Car- Carlou, who was Charlie Daniels' backup singer. So I go over there and, you know, we're sitting at this little table, both of us with a guitar, just sitting there picking at a bar table. Yeah. Has a couple whiskeys in us. And I, he said, you sing all right. And I yeah. said, well, thank you. And he said, yeah. I've got this thing on my mind. I was at a rodeo one time when John Harrison was there. Yeah. And they announced him at something like the Coors Can Barrel Man. Yeah. And that stuck with me. Okay. And I need you to write that. Okay. And I said, okay. I said, I've never written a song. He said, write it down. Uh-huh. I'd written one song, but I, but mainly what I wrote down was the experiences. It's called Buckles and Blood. I wrote it with Hugh Mitchell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and while traveling, but. You know, I didn't know stay in the box. I didn't know timing on a song and, mm-hmm. you know, and what what they call um, rhyming certain ways things rhyme, like time and a dime mm-hmm. rhymes good, but time and, you know, jive work together. Let's mm-hmm. say, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I had no fundamentals. Okay. He said, so Tommy pretty much said, here, read this book about how to write a song and then throw the damn thing away and never use anything in it. I okay. said, okay. Okay. So... We're sitting there, and he goes, I want you to help me write this. I think you'll be good for it. Mm-hmm. I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. I think you'll make it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've got a new record company. I want you to be my flagship. I'm like, mm-hmm. over this one thing? Yeah, okay. Okay. Instrumental. You know, yeah. he said, I've got the studio. I've got everything. Wow. So we sat down in about three weeks and wrote this song. Okay. Now, now and I, I'm going to stop you for a moment. Okay. Okay, because there's some things I don't want to leap over the top of. Okay. You had an opportunity to sing Trudy. Trudy on the stage at Billy Bob's. Yeah, Billy Bob's. A thousand people there. Okay. For our listeners, they probably would remember it if they heard it. Right. So go ahead. Call up Trudy on the telephone. Send her a letter in the mail. You know that one. It's it's a great song, you know. And and it was about an old guy who had got in a fight with a with a gambler and needed and he got put in jail and uh he uh and he he's calling up trudy he was coming back and he he had whooped this gambler and they threw him in jail mm-hmm. so you know johnny lee walker was the guy's name and he's gonna come whoop him and kill him listen to trudy just look it up if you can't find the charlie daniels version of it blackberry smoke did a great one there's been a hundred versions of it but 
if you haven't heard it, which most people have, it, it's awesome. It, okay. It's a great song. All right. I'll put that in our listener notes. So fast yes. forward, you sit down, you read a book, you throw it away about writing music. I never did read it. You yeah, did? It was more okay. of a, okay. no, he just said, read this book about that and <laughs> yeah. then throw everything you've learned in this book away and just write the damn song. So it got to where I learned experiences that I would learn how to write them down mm-hmm. like rodeo in the rain over the crazy girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, I wrote mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I first did, but then I've been so blessed and that's what I'll get into next. I've been so blessed to be around cool musicians who are rodeo fans who have jumped in there and helped me mm-hmm. so much, you know, the butcher, Bruce Smith, mm-hmm. my gosh, Tommy, mm-hmm. Heath, Wright, mm-hmm. Sparky Mateka, um, you know, those guys from Skinner, those guys, John Snyder, you know, Hugh, John Snyder. Yeah. You know, and, and Hugh, Hugh Mitchell, they're just, they've been such an encouragement. You know, John Snyder's wife, the first time I met her, fell in love with her. You know, we lost her a couple of years ago and, and, or a year ago. And, mm-hmm. you know, and John's struggling and I, I try to talk to John at least, you know, once every couple of weeks, just check on him, see where he is. Mm-hmm. Great guy. You know, I, I don't know John like I do Blue or any of them, but he's still, and he always answers back, you know, and mm-hmm. and I'll tell him if I'm coming through there, I say, hey, you home? Because he lives over in Holden, Louisiana, and I'll go stay with him. I sat in his, I sat on this, that was a bucket list. I sat on this yeah. patio, yeah. played some music with John Snyder. You know, he had four yeah. number one hits yep. Yep. in the 80s. Yep. But I've had, I've been so blessed. So when I would write a song, none of the songs that I wrote are like they were when I wrote them as far as tempo, mm-hmm. melody. Okay. You know, like Red Eyed Lion was this birthday party sounding song about Donnie Gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the coolest things I ever got to do. Uh, well, let's go back. So I write, I write the song. Tommy flies me and he said, you can have anybody you want, anybody you want to play guitar on this song. Mm-hmm. He said, we'll call Sparky from Skinner. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we get Slash from Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. I said, there's one guy, mm-hmm. and that's Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith, Bruce Smith okay. from the Georgia, Georgia Satellites, oh, the butcher. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he had, been, he had been out of the business, but, you know, he had slowed down a lot. And just, and I, I feel like as his, We've become very best of friends. I mean, we don't go on vacation without each other. You know, you know the story. I've mentioned it, but the butcher has helped me more with my encouragement, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome that I've always struggled with because mm-hmm. he was the same way. Mm-hmm. He's the most nervous guy you've ever seen until he gets on that stage, you know. Okay. And but he's helped me with my music. He'll change these songs around for me. Him and Tommy work great together. He's a big fan of Tommy Snyder. You ever want to hear a great song? And this needs to go back on the list too. It's called um, "While the While the Fiddle Gently Cries." Okay, yeah. Tommy Snyder writes it about Charlie Daniels dying. Tommy got COVID while Charlie, when Charlie died, couldn't go to the funeral. Charlie Daniels had actually started this song. Is the is the way the story goes? And I'm and I'm getting about third hand information here, but so you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Mm-hmm. Charlie had started writing a song about Stevie Ray Vaughan when he got killed in the helicopter crash. It was called "While the Jet While the Guitar Gently Cries." So Tommy changes that while he's sick with COVID, couldn't go to Charlie's funeral, and he writes this song, and it is on YouTube. You can look it up, and it's a beautiful song. 
It's called uh, The Fiddle Gently Cries. And it hooked Bruce Smith. I mean, it hooked him. Mm -hmm. And um, and it is an amazing song. And he, and he and it's about Charlie Daniels and how uh, Lady LaRue was what they call their bus is, you know, driving no more driving through the night and oh it's a tearjerker okay but it's called when the gentle when the fiddle gently cries okay um i moved into this music side just i had no idea where it was going to go and you know and how it was going and and just had no direction whatsoever mm -hmm. so once i got the course cam deal out and it was popular you know he's played at a bunch of rodeos it was i ain't gonna lie it's pretty neat seeing your video he calls, he ca we call some guys and we got a, uh, Tommy played on it. We got, um, we got a guy from Atlanta there, um, play, uh, play drums on it. He, Bruce flew out there. We flew Bruce out there to be in the video and we got Richard Jones. We got Brad to come out and play drums and, um, we got Richard Jones to play bass. Mm -hmm. Well, Richard's just learning to play bass, but it was a video. And you can see him the whole time, and it was so funny. Richard's one of my best friends. He's a sound director for PBR. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> and I guess he wanted to play with me and Luke and everybody, so he, he really, he really really studied on playing bass for a year, you know. And he could do the – he ain't going to run no bass licks, but he could dang sure keep up with us, you know. So I called him. I said, hey, what are you doing Friday? He said, I got to go to Kansas City. He said, well – he said, I got to go Saturday. I said, well, I need you to drop through DFW. Why? I said, I want you to be in this music video playing oh, bass. Wow. wow. And he said, you've got to be shitting me. Yeah. And I said, no. <laughs> Come on. So he said, hell yeah. So we're walking up the street and everywhere we're doing, you know, when you make a music video, you got to be the tough guy. You know, we're the Coors Can Barrel Man. Yeah. The whole time Richard, when he's playing, he's up there just smiling. We're like, cut. Hold it, Richard. You know, the butcher, he let him the butcher, but it's him and Bruce. And he's like, Richard, you can't you can't smile. You gotta be that, you know. You gotta be that tough guy. Okay, okay. You know he's this big old burly felon. Yeah. Hell, he's a big old teddy bear, and he wouldn't hurt nobody. You know, yeah. he's, he's just one of my best friends. I was so glad to get him on there, and they allowed it. You know, because yeah. he never got to do anything like hell. I never got to do anything like that. If you think about it, you know. Yeah. But I wanted him to be part of it because it was so cool. Okay. So he does. So, and so he's smiling and it, oh, it was the funniest thing ever when we shot this video. Oh, that's cool. And then, and that's what's up yeah. on YouTube. Yes, okay. yes, that's him over okay. there with the hat on. Yep. And and, and them guys, yeah. Okay. And, um, because I'm this link is in our will be in our listener notes. You got to go listen oh, to cool. it. Oh, cool. Could could I or go on YouTube and watch the video? It's yeah. even better. It yeah. Yeah. Shows good wrecks. I I kind of made it with all my barrel man friends. John's in it. I'm in it. Okay. Uh. uh Jason Farley, who, in my opinion, I have a picture of him on my wall as the baddest ass barrel man besides Andy North. And, you know, of this generation, I mean, you can't compare anybody to Ted and those guys. But, you know, of this generation, those guys, they're, man, I want to be like them every day, you know. You bet. And, um, you bet. But. No, but I'm, so, I've been listening to it a little bit. And could you could you sing us just a bit so and i'm going to encourage people guys listeners gals go go check this out this is this pure rodeo oh dude pure rodeo yeah it, you know? i guess it is yeah so yeah like if i'm sitting right here i just and, and when we started it it was a little bit different so yeah 
You know, and it's like, because I'm a Coors can barrel man, a rodeo clown, a real cool hand, rock and roll in the rodeo ring, unleash that beast, let me do my thing, coming in hot like a blazing smoking brand. I'm a Coors can barrel man. So now, you know, mm. them guys are like, hey, Bar hey, Coors can, what's up? You know, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. kind of my nickname. It's yeah. Coors can barrel man. Yeah. You know, but. That yep. was a great song, but my all-time favorite by far yeah. was was the Donnie Gay song. Donnie Gay. Do, do a bit of that, if you would. I know we didn't talk about you singing on here, but that's oh, just... Oh, I know, but I don't... Hey, You're in the music business now, dude. You're promoting. You know, so I got to tell about this song. Yeah. Can you hear it okay on here? I guess you can. So. Yeah. I guess... Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. But well, anyway... What? No, I can't... I mean, that you I'm, can hear it. No, I know. I'm just kidding you. Uh, crap. I hate uh, singing in front of it. Oh, so anyway, I write this song and um, I was sitting there. I'll just tell this story. 1991, I won. I went out on the road with a couple guys from around the house there, Brian Montgomery and his buddy from Auburn. They were on their September vacation from college. Mm -hmm. And they, he calls me one day and said, hey, Robbie, said, uh, I want to, uh, if you don't mind, uh, we want to go rodeoing. Mm -hmm. I still ride bareback courses. Mm -hmm. It's 91. He said, we have the car and the gas. All you need to do, we just want to go with you and make a run out to Texas. Okay. So I called Procom. I said, uh, they said, Procom, what's your car number? I said, 30642. Said, um, okay, how can I help you? I said, enter me every, on everything on page 22 and 23. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were going to Texas, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, we started out on a Thursday night and went to uh, – Harrison, Arkansas, mm -hmm. and I had mm -hmm. a horse called Skulls Baldy Socks. They've okay. been to the NFR about 38 times. Okay. Louie Louis, Louis was 84 or 5 on him back in the 80s when you weren't 84 or 5. Louis, Louis Fields. Fields. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Casey's, yep. Casey's pop. Greatest, greatest man in the world. Mm -hmm. So um, he threw me off so hard that birds built a nest in my ass before I hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, and he uh, so I'm I'm stalling, Doug. I'm tuning this thing. Oh, well, what are so you anyway, tuning your guitar? What are you doing? Yeah, cause uh, yeah, cause I played it till three thirty this morning, working on a song for okay kid that went to the that's going to the NFR for the first time. I'm I'm gonna play him a song tomorrow okay. night at his party. They asked okay. me to play his going away party. Yeah. So anyway, he uh, and I had it detuned. Anyway, so. I go the next night to Mesquite. I take a world-famous Mesquite. Because let me tell you something, Sonny Boy. Back in the 80s, and you know it too, you weren't a country music singer if you weren't from Nashville, and you damn right. sure wasn't a rodeo guy if you wasn't. If Momaw couldn't see you on Saturday or Sundays on Mesquite yeah. Championship Rodeo. Right, you know? right. So we go to the world-famous Mesquite Championship Rodeo. I won that rodeo. Oh, nice. And then the next night, I go to Palestine, Texas. Mm -hmm. It was Donnie Gay's rodeo when he owned All-Star Rodeo Company. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says, uh, so I get up there, and I didn't know what horse I had, you know. And, yeah. Well, I had me a Johnny Walters hopper. When I tell you a hopper, I'm talking about this thing, jump in the air and hang there for 27 minutes and just let you let you have your way, you know. Yep. So I, uh, I end up with 81 or two on him, one to bear I cried. Well, that wasn't even the highlight of the night. The highlight of the night for me was by God, I was gonna get to hang out with Donnie Gay. <laughs> and right then my yep. life was complete. Okay. Up till now, you know. Yep. So I said, uh 
So we, he says, hey, that's a good ride. And I helped him during the bronc ride. I got to hold horses for Donnie Young. Yeah, if yeah. he didn't need me to go back, I need you to shovel that pile of manure and put it in your trunk and leave it. Hey, we got to shovel manure for Donnie Young. <laughs> you know, it didn't matter. Right, right. I mean, he's the legend. Yeah. So yeah. we were sitting in, we were sitting at the Holiday Inn bar and here I am sitting by him. And for once in my life, I was treated like a guy that had won one of his rodeos because nice. I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And it was it was not like I wasn't a fan. I was a player, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that so, makes sense. Sure. So I said, uh, <laughs> I said, Donnie, I've watched you ride bulls my whole life. You, you're the greatest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I said, um, I said, when you rode one away from your hand, you rode everything. But I said, when one went into your hand, I said, you're incredible. I don't believe they can throw you off. He said, let me tell you right now, sonny boy. <laughs> he says, <laughs> he looks at me and he says, if one ever went into my hand, yeah. he said, if if he went away from my hand, I was going to ride him. Mm-hmm. But he said, if he ever went into my hand, yeah. which for the listeners, into your hand, if you're right-handed, he spins to the right. Yep. You know, and you got somewhere you can get over and prop up and just let him have it. Mm-hmm. He said, if he ever goes into my hand, he may never buck again. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cocky Donnie, you know? Yeah. Hey, you're going to put it on him. So he said, I'm going to tell you, I could ride a red-eyed line. Yeah. And when he said that, I just gushed. I yeah. was like, that's the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And okay. it stuck with me. Now, this okay. is 1990. Yeah. Yeah. So about three years ago, I was sitting there, and I was trying to do it like a rock and roll song i wanted to not be i love crystal do my god who doesn't right you know or kojo which you know he was doing a few rodeo songs but they weren't like distinctive rodeo like crystal do you know that we all had the tapes you know or even a garth brooks but i wanted like a rock and roll song and i wanted to call the tamer of the red-eyed lion yeah. You know, and I just thought that was cool. And it was going to be like, dang, he's a tamer of the red-eyed lion. Well, that wasn't going to work, you know, because it would have <laughs> never worked. Nobody would have understood it that would listen to it. Yeah. So I'm sitting there, and I, and, I, and I wrote all these words down to this song, and I get through them. And, man, it was just, you had to rodeo a little bit to, to understand the song. Right. And he, uh, when I got it done, Tommy recorded it for me. I recorded a demo of it, and we sent it, and Bruce played the guitar on it. We sent it. You know, you can do that now. You just email them a track, and they email you a track back, and then you just, you know, punch it in wherever it needs to, and, and Bruce played it. It hasn't been released yet because I pitched it to Kojo because I thought somebody needs this song, you know. Yeah. And, of course, Kojo's kind of went Nashville now, and he doesn't get to choose every song, which is fine. And I got to play it with Corblon at um, Janie and Salsa's wedding, you know, Janie from the Cowboy Channel. Mm-hmm. She got married. Mm-hmm. I got to play it with him, and he liked it. So, But he, he they kept saying, no, this needs to be your come out song here. Okay. So anyway, okay. it's called The Tamer of the Red-Eyed Line. And I might play it. I'll play you a couple and, verses and, of it. And for our listeners, you can find it on YouTube, Tamer of the Red-Eyed Lion, The Legend of you, Donnie Noel, it's Gay. On, it's, not, it's not out yet, so you can find it on my uh, videos. Oh. On YouTube, I played it because here's oh, why. I'm on your channel, Bucks Bar and Grill. Is where Did I'm I play it there. Yeah, it's where it I'm... might be. Oh, I didn't know there was a live version of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah. No, I meant no. That's when I was okay. So if it's like a blue around the video, has kind of got some blue around it. Mm-hmm. If if you'll pick that one up, 
I did that because I wanted to shoot a video oh, okay. with Donnie Gay, and I was going to do like a white bedsheet screen of him watching mm. his old videos from the 80s when he was just sticking it on everything that stuck their head out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wanted to do that. Mm. So, and then like a, and have it at Mesquite. We're still going to do that. Mm. And, but I wanted some video. I had the distinct pleasure and honor of singing this song to Donnie Gay about Donnie Gay, with Donnie Gay, for Donnie Gay. Wow. You know, in there, and if you watch that one, the one on on my YouTube, I mean, I'm on my Facebook, the videos, where I'm playing it for him, he's in the audience. First time he'd ever heard it. First time he heard it, okay. Ever heard it, Mm -hmm. and and the guys are cheering, you know, and it was just, it was, 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 that was a bucket list experience, you know. So let's. I got them all in there. So you tuned up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, so let's do this. Can you hear the guitar? Can you hear the guitar at all? No. But you that's can't. okay. That's okay. Play your guitar, it, and that'll give you. Yeah, go, rock on, dude. Five foot seven was a hell of a man. Eight second rides made him Superman. Didn't like his flair. They couldn't handle his fight. He won top buckle come Saturday night. He could ride, ride, ride. A red-eyed lying. And then it goes into the whole deal about him, you know. I don't want to yeah. give it away, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and that's kind of the way it goes. But it, when it first started, it was this. Five foot seven was a hell of a man. Eight second rides made him super. And and Bruce come in and said, nah, we're not yeah. going to do it like that, man. Okay. Okay. We're going we're gonna to do it like Midnight in Montgomery, you know, like okay. that eerie D minor. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. And that's where that 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 whole you know that changed everything. So when is and this so, song coming out, Robbie? When can we hear well, this? Well, I'm working on it. I'm kind of wanting to do the video of it, okay. and I've got okay. now that I'm going to have some downtime. I want to mm. record some stuff because before long I'm going to have to break down and have some shoulder surgery, and I'm hoping while I'm down, I can still do some singing because I, I don't see. do any, I don't do any instruments when I'm uh when I'm recording, I have such good guys. There's, it's it. just, you it'd be it. ridiculous for me to try to, for me to try to play anything on it, you okay. know? And, okay. um, so I'm, I'm probably going to have shoulder surgery in maybe March, uh, when it's slow in between there and rodeo season. Okay. <laughs> so, so that's you, my plan. I mean, then by early summer, what are you thinking? Yeah. Hopefully by early summer, I'll have okay. it released. Okay. We're, we're going to release it with, um, we had when I released Rodeo in the Rain, um, we we took it back because we the D- name Durangos we just we we're the Durangos and I'm almost pretty sure there was another band some kids that had a name like that so we didn't take so now we we call ourselves Georgia Redbud and Georgia um, Redbud okay and you know we're just we're right now the only thing holding us up we're looking for a good album cover to put it out with, you know, and then it's ready to release. So, but it's just projects, you know, I've got Bruce Smith working on it. I've got Tommy, I got Jimmy Ginn as our producer on it. And, and he's so good, you know, and what we're trying to do is get some of these songs into some movies. Um, like when they call syncing for movies, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. That's what we're kind of working on now, you know, it ain't for the money. It's just the, it's just cool, you know, and it, it's really built my career back up. I've had such a good resurgence with rodeos, and people used to tell me, "Now, Robbie, you got to figure out if you're gonna play guitar, or you're gonna be a, mm-hmm. you know, country singer." 
Mm-hmm. No, actually, y'all don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm going to do both. Right, so right, right. shut up. Okay. Yeah, when it's y'all, <laughs> you know, when y'all doing y'all's deal, then y'all do it like y'all want to, if that yeah. makes sense, you know? And and I saw on an interview, did you write uh-huh. a song about Bullet? We got to talk about Bullet again. Oh, Lord, did you write mercy. a song about Bullet? I'm, and, in the, I'm in the process you're in of the it. Process. Okay. Me and Bruce, me and Bruce are writing this one okay. together. And okay. I, I got through the first verse of it. Um, and I, I, it's just still too tough. For, I know it's a damn dog, mm-hmm. but that wasn't just no dog, you know, yeah, and, and, yeah. and it, it's tough. It's called 14 years. Mm-hmm. You were mine for 14 years, you know, and, and, oh my gosh, it makes everybody cry and you can't get through the damn thing. And it's yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just, so I'm, I'm getting better at it. We, we wrote a second verse when I was at his house the other day. When I go home, I spend at least two nights at Bruce's, um, just to uh, stay in the music deal, he enjoys it because he's kind of getting his he's getting his wheels back under him playing music. I think That's he enjoys cool. it. He may not tell you, you know. Yeah. He loves the satellite gigs, and he is he's so good at that. And yeah, I got to tell you, talking about a bucket list. Now that we're into music, okay, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. by far who my favorite band of all time is. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Absolutely, Leonard Leonard you know, Skinner. Sure. I mean, they are, if I was on an island, it's so funny. Boyd, Paul Hamas will tell you the same thing. If I was on an island trapped mm-hmm. and I had one album I could play 24-7, it'd be one more from the road, mm-hmm. the live album. And let me tell y'all, folks, I know you've all of you have probably heard of it. If you get the chance, sit down and listen to one more from the road. Uh, the live version, it was, it was done at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. So here, here's this correlation we're reaching right here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So last year, about this time of the year, I get a phone call from the butcher, Bruce, mm-hmm. and he says to me, Hey, man, guess what we just booked with Blackberry Smoke and Driving and Crying? And I said, What? He said, We just booked the Fox Theater. He said, I've never got to play it before. And I said, you're kidding me. He said, no, it's Blackberry Smoke's homecoming. And Bruce was sort of influential to Charlie Starr with Blackberry Smoke. You know, they're pretty famous now. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're really close friends. And, I mean, they have been since Charlie was a little kid. So he says, uh, he said, yeah, and I just found out that I got to hire a guitar tech. And guess who it is? Oh, wow. I said, yeah. who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said, you. I yeah. said, oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, sold out show at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. You know? yep. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I called Chris. I said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> She's like, what? Because yeah. we were all, what I do, I go up to Pennsylvania and I spend Thanksgiving with her parents. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, her mom and her family, her, her dad passed away many years ago. But mm-hmm. I go up there and that's, that's my time with them. So I said, do you care if I leave the day? thanksgiving day in that afternoon if you don't care i've got the coolest gig i'll ever do in my entire life and she's like oh my god no it's fine you're gonna do the fox so you know she's so encouraging with everything i do because you know she gets to do some cool stuff too and you know like one of the i'll give you an example um and the, the boys came down to uh san diego to play the Georgia satellites, they made her the manager so she could get backstage. It was oh, I see. Okay. Yep. Marshall Tucker, the outlaws, oh, Leonard Skinner and, 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 um, satellites, mm-hmm. you know, so they made her 
their manager and they gave her a lanyard, you know, so she walks around all over the place. Her and Rick Richards walking around there, hanging out. I'm good friends with Randy three from the outlaws. He's a bass player with them. And uh, so he's walking around. He's like, Krista, what you doing back here? You know, where's Robbie? Oh, he's gone. I'm just hanging out with the boys, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when Skinner plays, they're always the headliner on those, do- mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, they like everybody off the stage, off the side stage, you know, cause there's a lot of stuff going on at a Skinner show. Mm-hmm. I get a picture. I'm at a rodeo. I get a picture of Krista and Rick Richards standing on the stage right by the piano. Mm-hmm. Peter, uh, the search Peter keys, they call him. Mm-hmm. And right next to the, uh, microphone that they do Freebird with with the with the Alabama flag on it. Yeah. And I'm like, how in the crap did you get that? I ain't never even got to get close to that, you know? So but she's got to do a lot of cool stuff. That so anyway, back to the Fox Theater. Yeah. I go in there and I'm and I get all the guitars teched and we actually use Leonard Skinner's bass player in the satellites because their bass player had had some uh, jaw surgery. Mm-hmm. And, and their other and Bruce and Freddie, Fred McNeil is the bass player in Satellites. They swap bass and guitars back and forth with each other. It's a cool deal. Mm-hmm. So, but so they just wanted Bruce said I'm just going to play guitar the whole time. So they got Keith Christopher, who is Leonard Skinner's uh, bass player now. They got him to play bass for the Georgia Satellites. They were all Skinner was off. So he says, I've never got to play the Fox Theater either. I'd love to play it. Because originally it was Keith and the Satellites. Okay. So he was an original member of the Georgia Satellites. Okay. He had John Antwistle from the Who's bass that he played. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this was pretty fancy stuff. So here goes the funny part. I haven't told a lot of people this, so I'm going to give it up out here on the (laughs) World Wide Web. So I'm back there. We had the little dressing room, of course, you know, and if you've ever been to the Fox Theater, the back back there, I mean, it's this most majestic place. You, you can go on there and look at Fox Theater. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's in Atlanta. And, um, you know, that's where he said, play it pretty for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when you walk on that stage, Doug, it says in neon, play it pretty for Atlanta. Oh, wow. That's what Ronnie Van Zant said during Freebird. Okay. I'll send you the picture of me standing under that sign, you know. So, you know how big Skinner fan I am. So, mm-hmm. we all get through with all our sound checks. Well, all the guys go back to the, you know, they go back to the hotel or to the bus or whatever they were, you know, to hang out, get dressed. We had about an hour or two lull there, you know, at six after sound check till the show started at eight. So I'm back there, and I just walked kind of back through there, and I got a little video, you know, me. Bruce was using about three of my guitars, too, and it was cool. So, dude, nobody is in the Fox Theater. I can't believe I'm telling this. I'm probably banned for life. (laughs) I walked out on that stage, empty house. Yeah. And I stood there a second, and that microphone was sitting there, Bruce's microphone, and I said – Train roll on, on down the line. And I sang Tuesday's Gone on that stage. And for, I didn't do the whole song, of course, because I knew the cops would be there to tase me. (laughs) But they wouldn't, (laughs) because you know what I mean? Yeah. And that is the most childish, unprofessional thing you could ever, you know what I mean? It was just like a gun. So it'd be like the dude putting on his chaps so everybody would see him in the, you know, 
way before the bull riding starts. It's a gunsel thing to do. Yeah. But I did it. And I sat there and I sang I sang Tuesdays going on, on the same stage that Ronnie Van Zant did. That is very and cool. to me I, you know, and it was just a cool it was such an experience and that was a bucket list. Okay. That one right there. And I said, I don't know how in the hell I'm ever going to beat this, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then the show went great. First song, Bruce's uh, wireless quit. So I had to run across the stage and save the day. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was just a redneck, dumb redneck dreams come true. Oh, what, exactly so cool. what that was. That you know, and, I, and like I ain't going to lie. It was cool. Yeah. So we get through and, you know, we're all sitting back there celebrating, watching the show. And, and um, you know, I'd only... I'd only been the Fox one other time. I didn't play it, but Bruce had never played it. We went and watched, uh, we went and watched Skinner there and all the people, Greg Alm and all these guys did one called one more from the, one more for the fans. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, or one more from the fans, whatever it was. It's a great album. Blackberry smokes on it. Dwayne Allman, Charlie Daniels, Alabama. If you get a chance to look it up, it's called one more from the fans, the tribute to Leonard Skinner. And then Skinner came out, and played the last two songs. They did Sweet Home and Freebird. Okay. So, oh, but wow. for just 30 seconds, I was yeah. Ronnie Van Zandt. Isn't that cool? You know, Isn't that cool? It was, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, you, it was, as it we, was pretty. As we have seen, Robbie, from episode one, you have done some pretty cool darn things. You know, I've been, I've been very blessed, Doug. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I have, from, I guess, and, and this all attributes back to, to the uh the bullying mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. once once you've been in that kind of situation you're not scared of nothing anymore. you know yep. i've just the good lord i guess he said you know what you went through hell for about you know mm -hmm. five years there mm -hmm. go do what you want i'll stop you when i need to yeah and and you know i i've i've had the greatest life that anybody could ever have and you know i'm 55 fixed to be 56 years old i've enjoyed myself the biggest thing I love is sharing my fun times. I hate doing cool stuff by myself. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. If I'm going sure. to a NASCAR race, mm -hmm. if I'm going to a NASCAR race, I want to take my buddies. You know, I want I want them to get to experience pit road. If mm -hmm. you know, if I'm working it, you know, I want some I want them to enjoy the same experience. Not that I'm showing it off, but I just want dude, look where we are, I man. Know. Yeah. You know. Well, and, and I've got to say in, in these episodes, you have shared the fun stuff with us and we, appreciate well, you know, there's been some tragedy. There's yeah. been some bad times, you know, yeah. it, it ain't been all roses and pool parties out here, you yeah. know, but yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I made some mistakes. I learned, you know, and I, that's what I try to tell these kids anymore. I, I don't know everything. I just have experienced a lot of it, right? you know. Right. And as as Blue Jeans said, Robbie, it's the little things I do. Just watch the little things, not the big things, you right. know. Right. But right. my goal is the coolest things is getting the kids started, mm -hmm. like we did with Matt or or you know Ryder Kisner, those kids, mm -hmm. and then watching them win awards and watching you know them get the NFR and stuff like that because those are the guys right there that go, man, I couldn't have done this without you, you yeah. know. And, you and that's what this whole that's what this whole mini series that you and I have done together yep. ha has been about, you yeah. know, and, and I hope it hadn't bored everybody. Well, I, so. I so appreciate the stories. 90% um, of them are new to me hearing them for the first time. 
And oh, shoot. and I just am I'm very blessed to, that you've sat down and, and shared such great stories with well, us. Let me tell you, of mm. all the good stuff I ever did in my life, and we need to, you know, bring this as my girlfriend would say, bring it in for a landing, Dad. <laughs> we're uh Yeah. You you were a part of that, Doug. Mm. You were you know, I don't you you were a you were a great and it wasn't no small part. You and I had a flipping good time when we did rodeos. We did stuff. We laughed. We cut up. And it was all this getting paid to, to be joking. You yeah, know, I yeah, mean, how, yeah. how does that, how the hell do you get this job? How are you so blessed to get to do it? And like I told you in the first one, and I'll tell them again, you were the easiest person to work with because you told stories and you announced like we're talking on here. Mm -hmm. And I, that was, that was a trait I don't get to see. You were so unique in the way that you announced rodeos, so personable and everything. And it allowed me to enjoy the rodeos that I did. I, I, I smiled when you were there. Yeah. I still smile and I don't have to call you every two weeks <laughs> right. to re up our friendship. No, nope, no, nope, you know? no, nope, no, nope. that's exactly right. You're, no, we, we've had just, some great trips, some great travels together. We have. And you know, and, and your career, mm -hmm. your career has been, you know, your career has been a success. Yeah, I mean, I, you I, know what I mean? Yeah done what I wanted to do, you know, and met a lot of great people along the way. Met a lot yeah, of great I, people. Yeah, I still, yeah. I think you need to find your old pony and crank up the old, what was it I used to call that? The Doug Mobile? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. the Douglas Mobile. You've yeah. painted it about 16 times. I have, I have, I have. But it's yep. still going and down the road, dude. We put it on the road in 2005. She's still running yeah. down the road. You drove that. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I did. Yes, I drove it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I miss you. I miss having you out on the road. I miss, mm -hmm. I miss going to the rodeos. And it's not going to be long, Doug, till I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of the 18-hour the trips yep. and where I'm going to want to go and do. Yep. Maybe we should both just, you know, maybe we should do a Smoky and the Bandit run of it one I, time and just I go and. I you think know, I know great. there's some guys that there's some guys we ain't made mad enough to not hire us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. And but, don't forget, I got the Celica in two weeks. I'm going to be in Birmingham at Barber Motorsports Park. So yes. if you maybe late notice, we talked about it, but uh, I'm out and about going to a lot of different places. You got to come drive this. You will you enjoy know, this. <laughs> Doug, did yeah. you? I about tore your go kart up. Do you think I'm gonna tear up that thirty thousand oh, no. dollars Celica, no. son of a boy? No. Yeah, you, I'll show you, you the short way fun. around. You bet. I'll you? show you. Yeah, I'll do like I did on that go kart. Man, you just get out of the way. Sit there and watch this. <laughs> hey, Doug, can you come over here and turn six and get me, please? <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely, gosh. Doug. Your this family is, is yeah. my family. Yeah. I love you like a brother. We've had some great, great experience. I don't think you and I have ever even had a, I don't even want to say crossword. Hmm. I don't think you and I have ever had a time where we weren't smiling I, or something amazing say, didn't happen. I would say that was so. I would say that was so. Absolutely. No. So lucky to have you as a you friend, know. you know, and, and, and thank you for letting me share my world out here, you know, and, well, and let we appreciate that. And you've given us some looks at that, 
most folks don't don't get to see. So that's been really, really cool for us, Robbie. Well, about 45% of this stuff I've been telling is true. So okay. let's just go with okay. that. All right. But, so I'm going to wrap this up, Robbie. Uh, it has been a hoot and we'll talk. Maybe there's another, maybe there's another two, three episodes here. I'm not sure. And I'm going to encourage you. They'll boo us out of here. I'm encouraging (laughs) you. Facebook PSAs, get on it. I'm here. I'll help you, whatever you want to do. So to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed our podcast as much as we enjoyed doing it. I think you can hear that from our conversations that we truly do enjoy this. If you do, please share with your friends. Right, Robbie, get it out there beyond the shoots. Uh, you can yep. find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Oh, my goodness, good uh, Google Podcasts. Um, and you can also find the Coors Can Barrel Man out there and where all this music is streamed. Go yep. listen to it. I guarantee you're yep. going to enjoy it. Reminder, check well, out thank the, you so much. Remember, reminder, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. And we want to say thank you to Parasite Systems for your support on our podcast. Remember, we got a coupon btc023 for 50 uh, 50% off your testing specimen kits and this is beyond the shoots with robbie hodges until next time this is doug simcox thank you for listening thank you robbie thank you